This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. Next out, go listen to some boring podcast where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza. Because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Crage. Give me a name. Like Who delivers this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. Like in, the, in the big spot. Who delivers better than this guy? Stop yelling at me. I agree. And we are live here on the Voices of Wrestling flagship podcast. I'm Rich Krejci alongside, as always, the king of banter, Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, what's happening? How are you? I'm doing well, doing well. You, uh, you had to do a feverish catch-up today to get everything watched. A, a weekend's worth of wrestling watched in, what, one afternoon, essentially? Yeah, because, you know, you are just a piece of work. I mean, you know, you, you think it's a bit and everything else. We're doing this on a Wednesday. I'm going to let everybody know why, okay? This guy is going on yet another vacation <laughs> starting tomorrow. He just got out of Death Valley like 18 minutes ago, and now he's off on another vacation. I heard. I talked to the nurse. She says you're going to the Swiss Alps. That sounds like a very <laughs> – Swiss Alps? The Swiss right. Alps? Yep. I don't know. You're into skiing uh, Yeah, yeah, know. yeah. Weekend trip. Uh, a, a, a cheeky little trip to the Swiss Alps. Yeah, that's – yeah, for sure. A little definitely yodeling, something. A yeah, little that's definitely a trip you take on a, on a Friday. Uh, you, you leave on a Thursday night, Friday, and then you're out your home Sunday morning for sure. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, I don't know. You guys are bouncing around the globe all the time. So when she said that you were going to the Swiss Alps, I just said, wow, that's – you know, I'm not surprised. Um, we all know those visas are updated. You know, skipping off to Iceland not too long ago there. But uh, unbelievable, this guy. Another vacation. Well, the reason, I and, and I like how you're trying to deflect here and immediately uh, change the subject, but the reason why you had to pack everything into a, a, a an action-packed Wednesday um, is because you, sir, were at the beach. Is that correct? Uh, listen. <laughs> you and the, the family was at the beach. And you were close. Joe, Joe Lanza. <laughs> will never step on a beach. Let me make that clear. Okay. I got I got to Okay. So I I don't care where you it doesn't matter what beach you went to. You didn't even I don't even know if you care or you want to say whatever. Um what is the process like when when a, when a Joe Lanza and the family go to a beach vacation? Is this the first beach vacation you guys have taken as as a collective family or does this happen often? Went down to the beach house. Went to the beach house. Okay. All right. All right. Look this isn't about me. This no, 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 you. no, it is. It is. Oh, it is indeed about you. Yes. No, 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 no. Everybody knows about my Swiss Alps, my weekend Swiss Alps trip. But um, so when you arrive at now, do you drop them? Like, so you're at a beach house. I imagine this beach house is very near a beach, correct? Like, you know, easy, easy, easy question, easy answer, right? It's it's beach a beach house. It would it's usually they're usually right near beaches. Yes, right. Generally near the beach. Yes, yeah. it seems oh. okay. Okay, so we have that. I just want to clarify, but I, I assume so. So now, how many step? Like, are we talking like back door down a few steps and there's the beach, or you know, you got to walk a few blocks or something like that? It's a walkable distance for adults. Okay. Okay. So walkable distance for adults. So okay, and then you, the, the real now I want to get to the the, the 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 crux of the situation here is you do not go. 
to the beach. It's not it's not a it's not a walkable distance for toddlers. It's a walkable distance for able-bodied adults. Got it. Okay, okay. So you yeah. you I imagine then cuz Chalanta doesn't go to the beach, you at least drive them to the beach, right? Okay. So I just want to know I how do. Joe goes to a beach. I want to know Joe goes I, to beach. Well, okay, in, in the process. I answer, yeah. First of all, Joe Lanza will never step on a beach again. For as long as <laughs> again, <he laughs> again. So was there a traumatic experience or you just, you're, you're done with beaches? No, I've been to the beach when I was younger and I hate the fucking beach as has been discussed many times. Uh-huh. The beach is my personal hell. If, <laughs> if there is a God and there is a heaven and hell and a purgatory and all that bullshit, my and if and if hell is like your personal hell, your personal idealized version of what the worst possible scenario for all of eternity could be, mine would be a sunny beach. I cannot stand the fucking beach. I hate everything about the beach. I detest the beach. I will never step foot on a beach again as long as I live. I don't know if that answers your question. Uh, sort of. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, it and and I'm just I'm just curious how like the how the the vacation goes the uh, the, the lands of vacation. So. Okay. You're at this beach house. You at least help them get to the beach, right? Because because I imagine the rest of the family is not adverse to the beach like you are, right? No, I love the beach. Can't right. get enough. Yeah, because they're smart and they're cool and, and they understand the beach. Yeah, because beaches, Can't get enough. beaches no, are incredible. I will, yeah, I'll, I'll go hang out with TLB on the beach. I pack them in the car. I drop them off at the beach. And then I say, see you later, toots. And I go back to the beach house and watch baseball. A little baseball. spank on That's the butt. You say, see you later, toots. A little spank on the butt and she's off. Not right? even. Just okay. to get out. <laughs> get out! Don't go. So get out of the car. <laughs> Don't forget your gimmicks, and then a see you later. And I'm off. I peel off, mm-hmm. like the movies. I peel off. <laughs> right, two tires just. <laughs> and I go back to the the beach house and I watch baseball. No, so no. I've got, <laughs> I've got the whole setup there. You're the something MLB. else. TV. You're something right? else. I get the pa- I get the little password in there, and I'm watching. I I left. This is Sunday now. Reds four game series in St. Louis. They won the first three. They're up seven nothing on Sunday. I'm like, this is a rocking chair game, right? So I'm watching uh, uh, this game, and then the the Cardinals score seven in the sixth to tie the game up, right? I'm not in a good mood. Joe Lanz is in a foul mood. Okay, you blow a seven run lead. They want to go to the beach in the eighth. I get them out of the car and on that dopey beach. And I'm home before the ninth starts. How about that? <laughs> That's incredible. That's pretty good. So, so I get back in the I get back in the beach house, feet up, watching the end of that Reds Cardinals game, which they won by the way, four game sweep in St. Louis, first time since 1990. You know what happened in 1990, don't you, Rich? Oh, I do. Yeah, won a little World Series. So there we go. My, my our, World our, Series victory. Our It'll 1919, okay. our 1919 World Series redemption. It, it, well, I, I, my, in my redemption world, it, it is it is Reds versus White Sox with the White Sox coming out on top to you know redeem the Black Sox. But you know, I'd be I'd be fine with either of us winning. You know, that, that's okay. If the White Sox make it to the World Series and lose to the Reds, you know, you tip your cap. That's okay. So four game sweep in St. Louis, enjoying myself, relaxing. Kicking back now. Okay, now I, I I'm, I'm just curious here. Now are windows open? Are blinds open? Or is this like a? Are you at a beach house that's just dark with the air conditioning running? This, this is a nice place. Okay, what do you think of me? I'm gonna get a nice place, especially since I'm gonna be spending most of my time in it. <laughs> right, right. So right, you know, this is a classy joint. Okay, uh, so yeah, the beach house is is nice, nice. But the point here is, they're out of here. They're they're 
goofing around on the beach and I've got quiet time. Well, I just I've mean, got- are, are you, are you letting the, are you, are you hearing the waves? Are you yes. seeing the sun? So, okay. So you have the windows open at least a crack. Windows open. I enjoy the ambiance. Okay, okay. I just want to make sure because I have this idea that you're like, all right, so let's get out of the car. And then you peel off and then you, you jump into the house you, and then you lock the door, you close the blinds, you turn the air conditioning on, and then you're just Joe Lanza, MLB TV Joe Lanza for the next four hours. Well, you know, it's a beautiful day outside and you're, you're, the rest of your family is enjoying the beach and you're just in this dark room watching MLB TV. But I, I, like, to, I like to know that at least you like the ambiance of it at least enough. Well, so. the baseball's on. And, you know, constant background noise. The baseball's on. Got my feet up. Got the phone out. I'm owning some dopes on Twitter. I'm, I'm enjoying the ambiance. You know, it's... Yeah, that doesn't sound as terrible. My, my idea was that you go to this beach house and then just like, close the blinds and close the windows and just don't want to be bothered at all. Listen, vacations are relaxation. I'm there to relax. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I mean, I, I, I love the beach. Yeah. I'm, I'm pro beach. But at least if you're at least taking in the ambiance of it, I, I, I'll accept that. I'll accept that. Yeah. And, you know, then I go pick them up. They're covered in sand. <laughs> as, sand all as in one usually is when they go to the beach. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the disgusting sand all inside the vehicle. And and then they they come home. They're in the shower. They're washing off. They're miserable. They've been in the heat. I'm like, why do this awful activity? I enjoyed myself. I'm in here. Nice, cool breeze. I'm enjoying a Reds win. I've got a, a fucking Snapple Kiwi strawberry in my hand. You're out there getting covered in sand, sweating, burning. It's, it's, it's disgusting. I don't understand. Going in that filthy water, seaweed everywhere. No thanks. I'm going to pass. <laughs> I don't know what's going on in the ocean. There's creatures in it. Listen, no interest whatsoever. You, gotta, you have to do it. Be a little careful you, in the ocean. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, there's all kinds of animals and creatures in there. There's things in the ocean the deeper you get that have not even been discovered yet. Well, ideally, you're not going there. I mean, those... The scientists will tell you <laughs> that there's things in the ocean that they, they're, they're positive, that there's species of creatures that have yet to be discovered, and you're going to go hang out in the ocean? No thanks. I'm going to pass. That's a, that's a hard pass from JL. No interest. I don't know what's touching my feet when I'm in that water. You get that whole dizzy feeling. You ever stand in the ocean? Oh, absolutely. And the water yeah. comes in, and then the water recedes, and you feel like the world is spinning. No thanks. I don't like that vertigo feeling. I don't like any of it. Salt water, you get it in your mouth. You just want to you want to vomit all over the place. It's disgusting. That warm, salty, disgusting uh, <laughs> flavor that you get in your mouth from the salt from the ocean water. I mean, there's just nothing appealing about this at all. So I mean, yeah, Joe Joe's not bringing his his boogie board out there, his his body board no. to uh, to to ride the waves. No, no, uh, no, no surfing for Joe. No, Shinsuke, not. Shinsuke Nakamura and, and Joe are not going to be surfing together anytime soon. Oh, for God's sake, not a chance. <laughs> but listen, I enjoyed a nice dinner, uh, you know, up on you know uh, this fucking gimmick where you could overlook the beach and the water i'm fine with that i like looking at the beach. okay okay because that that at least because I, I i was prepared to come onto the show when you told me that you know you you dropped them off at the beach and then came home and watched the reds game i have this idea that yeah you're in the in this you've you close you know tlb opens all the windows so she can hear the you know the waves as she wakes up or whatever and you walk into the house and just close all the windows and close all the blinds and just go ah who needs the ocean who needs the beach like so i'm, I'm glad that at least you 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 appreciate the ambiance of it and the noise and and and, and the look of it at least because I I think it's I I personally am I'm a beach fan no matter what I like the ambiance of it I like the waves I like the sounds I like I like hanging out on the beach I like the sand I like the water that that's all cool with me I don't even care if there's creatures and all that shit that is that is a little tough you do have to be careful with the creatures that that um 
That does scare you every so often. I had a jellyfish fucking hit me in the face one day at <laughs> time. Luckily, it did not sting me, but that, that'll, that'll take you out of the ocean for a few hours when uh, you, you, you come face-to-face with a jellyfish. But, uh, yeah, that, that, uh, that's not great. But uh, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you at least enjoy looking at the ocean because I was a little worried when, when I heard how you were, you were handling your vacation. So, What about the intense heat bearing down on love you it. from the love it. Yeah, summer it's sun. It's incredible. Ugh, it's a nightmare. I just spent, I just spent an hour and a half playing basketball today at lunch. I, on my lunch break, me and the guys from my work go outside and we just play basketball for an hour and a half. So, I there like are, yeah, Okay, listen. I really hate the beach and the ocean, but one thing I hate more than both of those things is the sun. I hate the fucking sun. I hate it. I have no use for the sun. Now, on top of that, they're still picking sand out of their hair. Okay? Came home uh, a day ago. They're still oh, yeah, yeah. That, that'll be there for weeks. Yeah. yeah, it, yeah who needs it? Who needs this? <laughs> I love it. Why is this good? It's great. Out there, uh, fucking vacuum in the car, trying to get the fucking sand out of the car. Fucking grains of sand in their hair for, for weeks on end. Who needs it? I remember that. That's why I will never step foot on a beach again. You know? Now, listen. When I lived in New Jersey and I was 18, 19 years old, this was the move. You're seeing a new girl. You go out on a date. You take her down the shore, down to Joey Janela territory. Okay? You know? At night. You take them on the beach at night. I was going to say, are, are you are, uh, today, are you still a... Um... Are, are you still? A, will you walk? Would you walk? Okay, if TLB, uh, you know, not to interrupt your story, but if TLB said, "Joe, I really want to take a walk on the beach. It's like nighttime or whatever." Would you, would you do that or no? Fully, cl- I mean, you could have you could have shoes on. You know what I mean? Like she's got sandals. Yeah, yeah. You got like, would you still avoid it? I will never step foot on wow. a beach again wow. as long as I live. And she understands that. So I she, okay, so she knows that too. She's not going to get disappointed. No okay, okay. Oh, no, no, she don't care. Um, no, she's fine with it. You know, she's like, go at your stupid baseball. And then that's the end of it. Yeah. I'm relaxed. <laughs> yeah. You know? With a better view. Yeah. Better. <laughs> TV's beautiful. Yeah. It's great. I'm like, this is, I'm like, first of all, you're wrong. This is completely different from home because I'm watching baseball, but I can hear waves crashing. That's completely different than home. So you're way off base there. Okay. That's number one. But no, I will never go on a beach again. But, you know, in my younger days, I would tough it out because, you know, girls like that shit. You go on the beach at night, you have to hear the waves, the fucking moon. They like that shit. So, you know, you're probably going to get some. You're going to be finger blasting them within a half hour. And, you know, if you, you might get lucky, you know, so you have to do the beach when you're younger, you know, but now, it, you know, but as far as hanging out, no, now that I'm an adult, uh, you know, I don't, I don't need the beach anymore. The beach doesn't serve me any more purpose other than to annoy me. Everything about the beach is annoying. Like, I can't think of one thing about the beach that isn't annoying. Like if you're physically on the beach, it all sucks, you know? So anything you bring on the beach basically has to be burned because it's just going to have sand in it for eternity. Towels, blankets, clothes, shoes. Forget it. Once they once they once those things are on a beach, you may as well leave them there. You know what I mean? Like because there's no you know that you you can't use those items anymore. They're destroyed. You can't eat on the beach. The wind blows, you get sand in your food. This is what's the appeal? <laughs> You can't tell me you've ever tried to eat on the beach and got didn't get sand in your food. Uh, like, yeah, it happens. You chew some sand every yeah. so often. It's all right. You just you gotta be you gotta be a fan of sand to enjoy the beach. You do, and I am not a fan of sand. That's fair, and that 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 will that will separate the beach lovers from the beach haters for sure. It is you gotta love sand everywhere, and and there are yeah. people I've been to the beach before, and all they do is bitch about the sand. Uh, and there's other people that that have never cared. So yeah, it's it's. 
The people that hate the, uh, the sand, they don't usually come back. <laughs> when, no. I, yeah, when I ask them, they want to go to the beach again. So There's like nothing for me. I'm just trying to eat like a gabagool and provolone sandwich here, and there's fucking sand blowing in it. And what's going, What's happening here? Who enjoys this activity? You know? Where else do you willingly go to be inconvenienced by a shitty substance like sand? You don't do it on purpose. But, but people will do this on the beach. I didn't plan on going on this rant here, but you made me do it. I wasn't even going to talk about the beach. It's a good summer. It's a good summer topic. We we haven't we haven't uh, approached the summer topic in, in in quite a while. So I, I thought I would get get back to it. I hate know. the fucking beach. Yeah. I can't think of a place <laughs> on the planet. I'd rather be less than. A well, beach. that's why I was so surprised when you said I'm going to the beach, and I'm just like, oh, what? I was like, man, Joe has really changed. Like TLB's really got him whipped into shape, and then right here, ah, yeah, I dropped him off at the beach, and I'm watching the Reds game, and that's when I was like, oh, I, I cannot wait. I put that in the little notes and said we are discussing that this week because I, I just need I to. I probably get... never should have said anything. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, but hey, we filled 20 minutes. Time, so did you think i drove all the way back to college station um i kind of thought you may have (laughs) honestly i kind of thought that like i didn't see i didn't know i don't know where you were going or any you didn't tell me where you're going and that's fine i don't really care but like i wasn't sure if yeah you like dropped them off and then they were staying with somebody or they had their own beach house and you're like "Ah, i got no time to be anywhere near a beach get out (laughs) you know you're good call me when you need I'll, i'll tell you where the beach house, uh, but these maniacs, I don't Oh, no, no, dear God, no, yes. These, these psychopaths listening to this. Was no there chance, a uh, was there a WCW spring breakout at this beach at any point? Uh, well, listen, no, there's not going to be any hints. Okay, all right. Because you know these people, they're going to track me down. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, and try they're, they're to kill fucking me. psychopaths, yeah. Yeah, so there, there's no, but listen, then I come back from this little trip, okay? Listen to this now, since you got me started, okay? Come in the house, listen to this ordeal. Walk in the house. I'm like, something's off. It's fucking sweltering inside the house. I checked the thermostat. It's 87 degrees Uh-oh. in the house. The air has been cranked the whole time because I want to come home to a nice 68-degree house. Okay? Air is cranked, and it's eighty five. It's like 85, 86 degrees in the house. Air conditioner unit goes while we're at the trip. Oh. trip. Wow. Then, while we're dealing with that, I go to unload my dishwasher because before we left, I slapped send on the dishwasher to do a load. I figure I'll unload it when we get back. I open up the dishwasher. All the dishes are dirty. I'm like, what's going on with it? The dishwasher is broken, and it never it never cleaned the load. And then I tried to start, and it won't start. So the dishwasher is oh, broken when I come back. Oh, my God. See, this is what I happens when you go to the to, beach. Yeah, that's what happens when you go to the beach. It's, it's all beach karma. So <laughs> I come back. The air conditioning unit is on the fucking fritz. The dishwasher is broken. It's an utter disaster. Sounds like we need some $10 subscribers. Patreon.com slash Voice of Wrestling. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm counting the money I spent on the trip. I'm counting the money I got to spend on this air conditioning unit. The the family is just – they cannot exist without this air. I mean they are just – I'm like, you got to get out of here. You guys got to go somewhere. Go away. Go to fucking Target. Buy some fans. Just get out of here. Because I can't listen to this until the sun goes down. It'll be a little cooler. Okay. So we call the gimmick. The gimmick comes over. He's like, I can't fix the gimmick because the gimmick's all frozen. So we got to let the gimmick thaw out before oh, I can yeah, yeah. figure out what's, okay. going, what's going on with it. So I got to come back tomorrow. So everyone's like stripped down. We're trying to sleep naked. It, the windows are open, but the, the, the air outside is warm and disgusting. There's so that doesn't worse. help. There's nothing worse. It, 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 it's impossible. Yeah. yeah you, you don't sleep. You don't sleep at all. Everyone's waking up every five minutes. So, you know, we get the guy here in the morning. 
you know, and then he's able to fix it. So he gets that fixed. Still no dishwasher. So TLB's in the sink washing dishes like it's fucking the 1600s. She's got a gloves on. She's got the gloves on. (laughs) I'm like, I can't. This is unacceptable. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, this is ridiculous. I can't believe we're washing dishes by hand. I like, I know. I'm not a wash dishes by hand person. I can't handle it. So we got to figure that out. So now I'm looking at di- we're looking at dishwashers online. The price of dishwashers have gone up. I can yeah, tell you the price of everything. Yeah, I was going to say now is a terrible time to have to buy anything. Uh, if you need a car part, uh, an appliance, a car, like pretty much don't buy anything for the next, I don't know, year uh, or so. Because, yeah, right now. Not good at all. So I know my uh, my father in law is trying to buy a new washer. His 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 uh, yeah. uh, uh washer just broke, and he was just like, "Yep, <laughs> this is not going well." It's it's yeah. My mom has a car part that uh, it, so her something got wrong. You know, broke on her car. I forget what it was, transmission or something like that. And they're like, "Oh yeah, it's covered in a warranty." And she's like, "All right, cool. Yeah, sounds great." They're like, yeah, we should have the part in the body. I don't know, six to eight weeks or whatever. She's like, "Okay, like so, I just won't use my car for six to eight weeks." And they're like, "Well, we don't have a part. What do you want us to do?" So it's just like, "Oh, all right, cool." So yeah. yeah. Don't don't need anything for a while. That's all I'll tell you. The last time I bought a dishwasher, they were like two, three hundred bucks. So I'm telling TLB, I'm like, I oh, don't worry about it. They're like two, three hundred bucks. We'll have one. We'll call up fucking Lowe's or something. Have one sent over. You know, I think they even install it for you. So we go online to look at these fucking things. Bottom of the line is like five hundred dollars now. Bottom of the line, you can easily spend over a thousand dollars on a fucking dishwasher. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe the price of dishwashers in the last 12 years since I last bought a dishwasher have shot up that exponentially. But I got to have it. So now I got to buy the dishwasher. Had to fix the fucking air unit. All the money spent on the vacation. Believe me. Would have ate out one or two times less if I'd known I was coming home to this. Believe me. So I'm in a bit of a surly mood today. Oh, then. Oh, oh God. What? <laughs> what more? <laughs> Then I'm trying to watch all this wrestling because I got to watch four days worth of wrestling. And like I've got like six hours to watch four days worth of wrestling. Right. I'm in the middle of this. I got to do a grocery order because there's no food in the house. OK, so I'm doing a grocery order while I'm watching fucking yo grapple with a fucking <laughs> desperado in the most boring junior minutes, title match I've yeah. ever seen in my life. I actually liked it. Okay? I think I think you, you so, were in a bad mood, but no, it was a little long. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to well, that. You're going to get some rough reviews today. Yeah. So I'm trying to order fucking Pop-Tarts on the phone app while I'm watching this dopey match. And, and in the meantime, so the, the kids and TLB, I sent them out to a pool. I'm like, get out of the house until the air is fixed. Go play in the pool. So they're out of the house. But the repairman keeps coming in the house <laughs> every 20 minutes to update me on what he's doing. And he may as well be speaking a foreign fucking language. I don't know what he's saying. I don't care what he's saying. And all I can think in my head every time he comes in, he's going, well, you know, we got to let that coil foil fall out. And then once we get that going, we'll get the fit. I'm like, dude, I don't fucking care. Just fix it. Fix it and hand me a bill. That's the only two times. I want to see you twice. I want to see you when you figure out what's wrong with it. And then I approve it. And then I want to see you when you hand me the bill. He's coming in the house every 20 minutes. So you see, it's kind of like your car. <laughs> right? like- there's this, there's this thermostat. And, and then he's like, and I'm I'm thinking to myself, dude, I know nothing. Yeah, it's like it's like do. having this conversation. It's like telling that guy he's having a conversation with a seven year old. You know what I mean? Like yes. it's it's that type of level. Only the seven year old might be interested and might ask questions, whereas yeah. you will absolutely not care. <laughs> really Don't care. You really just want to watch fucking JTG and No Days Off Fred Roster. You know what I mean? Like that's what I'm trying to do. Right. 
I'm like, dude, if you only knew, the only thing I know about a car is how to put gas in it. And I only learned that when I moved to Texas. Okay. Because oh, right. Because New Jersey's, yeah. New Jersey's, Jersey, uh, yeah, yeah. I know we, so, we got, I, when I went to New Jersey, we tried to fill up gas. And I remember that being a very weird thing where the guy, like, we started touching it. And the guy, like, ran out. I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> We're like, why? Who cares? Like, I, I had no idea that was a thing in New Jersey still. How is that still a thing? Yeah. So they pump the gas for you in New Jersey. It's tremendous. You got some, some geek comes up to your window. He asks you what you want. You tell him, fill regular. You roll up your window and you don't have to deal with him again. He fills the car. You're in there. It's cold. You're nice and toasty. You got your, your, or if it's in the summer, you got your air on. He's out there sweating his balls off, pumping your gas for you. It's amazing. The rest of this country, you got to get out of the car and do it yourself like an animal. It's crazy. So I didn't even know how to do that until fucking. 12 years ago. So this guy's talking about how the AC unit is just like my car. And I'm like, <laughs> that go help. away. Yeah, that doesn't I, help. Yeah, yeah I've got the, so I have to pause the fucking wrestling every time he comes in. Okay. Um, it's humiliating enough. I'm watching Japanese wrestling every time this guy walks in the house. Like that's, that's embarrassing enough. Okay. And then I got to pause it and pretend that I care what he's saying to me. And he's one of these guys that's coming in every 20 minutes to update. I'm like, just fuck. I'm thinking to myself, just fucking fix it. And then take my credit card and go along your merry way to your next job. I don't care. I just want it not to be hot in here. I'll pay you whatever it requires and be done with it. I don't need the fucking explanation because I think these other people want everything explained to them. I'm not like that. I don't care. Just fucking fix it. So I'm in a horrible mood to begin with. And this is just slowing me down. And I watched a bunch of shitty wrestling matches to get them all done before this show. <laughs> and I got just about all of it in. So, yeah. And here we was, are. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and here we are. If you wanted to know, that's what I think of the fucking <laughs> There bitch. you go. Okay? And that's what I got. And I still don't. And now I got to figure out this dishwasher situation. For Listen, we got a stack of paper plates down there fucking three feet high because – I, I can't. I no. No. Can't once you it. once you've gone there, and like I lived most of my life without a dishwasher, back. but once you you cannot go back. It, it is ours was down for a little bit, and it was just like they would just pile up for days on days. And I'm just like, well, we got to do it. We'd have like arguments, like throw down arguments. She's like, well, I don't yeah. want to do it. I'm like, well, I don't want to do it either. Like, but we have to do it. We don't have any more forks. And it was just like, and then you wait so long, and it becomes such a disaster. And it's just like, yeah, you feel like yeah, you're right. You're an absolute animal. You're just sitting there scraping, yeah. you know these fucking forks and these plates you're like what am i doing i have a job like i don't need to do this anymore like oh well the yeah, first thing i did was buy paper plates second thing i did was order a fucking pizza because if you think i'm cooking elaborate meals oh god I'm, yeah 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 Co- i'm not going in and scrubbing shit. pans get out of here yeah get out of here tlb it's great tlb was in, i have to whisper this part tlb was in the sink like like uh washing the dishes with the fucking air all fucking broken sweating she's like rubbing her brow she's like this is horrible i'm like yeah i, I know i'm like look i gotta watch this wrestling i gotta get this done you know for the show i, I gotta watch this wrestling you know so I, i'd be right there with you but i you know yeah, i gotta this watch is just this junakiyama yeah junakiyama hiroshima match I, I can't i can't pull myself away it's we got listeners. she's like i she's like i know i know do your work do your work <laughs> your like, work yeah yeah <laughs> When you absolutely could just say, hey, guys, I didn't have time to watch the NWA show, and that'd be perfectly fine. But well, No, then I would have been in the fucking sink doing the dishes. I <laughs> no, I know. It's just so, I, fucking, so, no, I, I was like, yeah, I know. It's a bummer. I know. I'll, I'll get you next time. You know, tomorrow I'll get them, you know. But now we got the paper plates, and I'm just ordering pizzas. So <laughs> there's going to be fucking, you know, I'm going to be rinsing out fucking cups. 
you know, she did the she did that whole load that was in the dishwasher when we left, which I thought we were going to come home to, to a clean load. But uh, yeah, so that's heartbreaking too. I'm I'm a big fan of like put it in and hit the button and then you know go yeah. away for a, a day or whatever. I do it in the morning. I hit that yeah. button. I come home. House is sparkling when you come home. Yeah, you come Dishes home, are ready. Yeah. You jump up. You click your heels together. You fucking, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dishes are done. You know, all I got to do is put them away. See, because I'm, I'm a big fan of like, I'm a big fan of cleaning the house before you leave on a, on a thing. Like, Michelle is the opposite. She is, she, the whole place would be a fucking bomb scene if, if it was up to her. She'd throw everything all over the place. Yeah. Dishes ever, all that sort of stuff. I'm the exact opposite. I like to like get everything done because I say, like, when you walk in from that vacation or you walk in from being away for a weekend, and everything's done already, it, it doesn't feel like such a gut punch. You know, when, when, yeah. you, when you're away and then you're oh, yeah. fuck, I got to do the dishes. Ah, fuck, I got to do laundry. Ah, shit, I got to do. If you just have everything done before that, you get a bonus day, basically. You come home and you're like, oh, man, like, you know, I got another few hours of vacation. You know, this is, this is good. This is just an extension of the vacation. But, uh, yeah. That was the plan. Yeah. Didn't work out that way at all. Didn't so. work out. Didn't work out. So that's but Joe. Was, this is going to be a fire up show. That I don't think. I was hoping it was maybe just the breaker. So I'm out there fiddling with the fucking fuse box, which is another thing you don't want me doing. Um, so, yeah, you must have gotten real desperate if you're out there fucking. <laughs> I couldn't figure out how to open it. Like, <laughs> that's a bad start. <laughs> jam tight. So I'm like waving the neighbor over. I'm like, hey man, you know how to open these fucking things? You know. So he comes over like the Fonz and just fucking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a neighbor like that too. Like, he's got every every tool I, in the world and every he's he's like yeah. a, like he's a mechanic. Like he fixes car. He's actually literally working on a car right now as I'm as I'm looking at him. Uh, it's perfect. Anytime I don't know how to do anything, which is most things, I'm just like, hey, John. Uh, <laughs> he's like, oh yeah, one sec, and he comes over. Oh, I gotta I gotta th- you know bring over some tool to do it. It's it's incredible. So every tool. Yeah. I never felt more emasculated than when he came over and basically just punched the fuse box and the door popped open. I'm like. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, what are you, Arthur Fonzarelli? What the fuck is happening here? <laughs> you know? I'm like, is a song going to play? Is this like the fucking jukebox in, at fucking Big Al's? Like, he just popped it, and it fucking popped right open. I couldn't yeah. believe my eyes. I never feel like less of a man than when another man has to help me do something. Yeah. You know? It's a horrible feeling. One time, I had this outdoor canopy outside. One of those deals you buy that fucking... You know, you stick it outside. It's got the gimmick with the gimmick and the fucking. You just it's for the out to keep the sun off of you. Yeah, you know, yeah, and, yeah, and I couldn't sure. build it, so I had to get a like a fucking derelict off Craigslist to come over and build the thing for me. <laughs> first on. of all, <laughs> so the guy comes over, because he and he builds it right. But then, like a few years later, like it just kind of got destroyed. I didn't want it anymore, but I couldn't figure out how to like dismantle it. So my neighbor saw me struggling. And he's like, ah, Joe, I'll be right over. Hold on. He comes out of his garage, and I hear this. He, I go, I, I hear, he's got a fucking chainsaw. Oh, he's just going to cut that shit up. Yeah. Yeah. So he was like, I think he just wanted to use his chainsaw. Oh, yeah. Every yeah. every guy just wants to use their chainsaw. Yeah, yeah. My, my, my neighbor will just bring the chainsaw over for many things. <laughs> you know, it's so like, he's like, I'm like, hey, I just need to, you know, I just need to take this, uh, you know, this branch off. And he's like, ah, oh, yeah, well, we'll just chainsaw that off. I'm like, I think just clippers would work. But anyway, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so he fucking, he's like, get the kids back. So I'm like, pushing <laughs> He fucking gets the glasses on, puts the glasses on, gets ready. Yeah, I'm like, that's metal. There's gonna be fucking metal shards, like we're on the fucking, like we're fucking storming the fucking fire. uh, Yeah, yeah, fire history channel. Yeah, 
Yeah, there's going to be shrapnel like we're storming Normandy, right? Because he's fucking metal. So he's cutting the thing, and he cuts it all down, and he's fucking having the time of his life, you know? No safety goggles, nothing, you know? So then uh, he just Okay, that, he should the- definitely have worn safety goggles. He didn't have safety goggles, <laughs> yeah. so it's fucking metal. It's metal, Rich. <laughs> so that fucking, that was probably, I don't know, like three years ago, and because uh, the kids were real little. And uh, that pile of fucking aluminum from this thing just got removed from my yard like two weeks ago. <laughs> it's been sitting back there because I didn't know what to do with it. And I was too lazy to get rid of it myself. So, again, Craigslist to the rescue. I said I had some scrap metal. I had them. I had people tripping over themselves to come pick up. Yeah. You, so you, you don't have junk guys that just because I could put that shit on my front lawn or on my uh, my like parkway. And that she'll get picked up in like 10 minutes. I don't know how these guys find it, but you put any metal, aluminum, or yeah. anything out there, in 10 minutes, a guy comes in a truck, throws him into his truck, drives away, and you're good. Like, it, it's yeah, incredible. Yeah. yeah, so I had a guy come down and fucking and take it away. Um, but yeah, that, that was in my yard for like three, four years. Pile of fucking aluminum that my neighbor chainsawed down. Uh, yeah, that's what goes on over here. This is a like you should come up, you should hang out here for like a week and see what goes I think on. I might. Yeah, I think I might do that. Yeah. It's it's pretty amazing. We'll do we'll do a live uh, flagship one of these days. In the flesh. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Someone in the in the no dopes chat room makes a good point. The HOA would probably explode if I put that stuff on the. Floor. Oh, I forget about your HOA. Yeah, yeah, right. They, yeah. I did get fined fifty dollars for having that broken spigot. On my fence, the one <laughs> right, 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 and I did. They did send a fine in the mail because I didn't get my my. Uh, it's been raining. It rains here like every day. So my I I hired the fence guy, but he can't do it because it keeps raining and he can't put the new fence up if the ground is soft, right? So like it'll rain and then not rain for two days and he didn't ready to come out and do it and then it'll rain again. So then the the fucking timer timed out and I got I ended up getting the fine for the broken spigot, and the fence still isn't up. This has been going on for like two, three weeks. It's constantly raining. Now I'm, you know, now I got to pay these assholes the fifty dollar fine on top of fucking putting the. Fe- That's the other expenditure. This fucking fence that I got to pay for too, because I'm just doing the whole fence. I might as well, because these spigots are just going to keep breaking. So what's the point? Listen, patreoncom slash <laughs> I was going to say, plug away, Joe. Plug away. Three price tiers to fit every budget. Okay. Now listen, to be fair, there's a tremendous amount of content behind it. I've been writing my ass off. Okay. Rich puts up audio like every eight seconds. So there's plenty of stuff to read and fucking listen to. We've never done more content than we're doing right now. So um, you know, things aren't going well for me at the moment. So I'd appreciate a few subscriptions. How about that? There it That's is. That's me panhandling. Yeah, no, no Ko-Fi links or <laughs> coffee links or anything like no, that. I'm gonna for, work for it. Yeah, you're I'm gonna, gonna work for it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, GoFundMe, uh, Joe on GoFundMe, so Joe can get a, his fence fixed. Go but, yeah. fund my dishwasher. <laughs> right, Patreon.com. Because uh, of course so, now yeah. she's looking at these thousand dollar dishwashers that have like fucking they're connected to the Wi-Fi. Oh yeah, you can run it off Wi-Fi and shit. Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> what the hell so, do we need that for? <laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs> Mine has so many dumb features that I never use. It like. It plays music and stuff, and like it was like the low, it was like a low end one or whatever, but it was like a Samsung low end one, and it like play, you can like customize a jingle that plays when it's done with your load. And I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> like, why do I need yeah. this? It's like just wash the fucking dishes, and it's like, well, do you want heavy wash or medium wash or low wash? I've 
only I was just too heavy wash. I know it's probably horrible for the environment or whatever, but like I did low wash once and it didn't fucking clean anything. So I'm like, no, you know, heavy wash. Yeah. Like it's always the same. Like I, 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 I've changed one feature on that since the moment I've owned it. And it's like, why does it have 27 different features? Like who's using this stuff? Like who's using all these dumb, dumbass dishwasher features? Nobody. No, no. But yeah, no. But if I have the option for heavy wash, you bet your ass. I'm oh, of course. Heavy yeah, wash. Get out of here. My my carbon footprint is enormous. I every time I piss, I flush the toilet twice just out of habit. Like I do the mid piss flush, and then I do the post piss flush. I don't know why. <laughs> There's it's no need for that. Yeah, that is ridiculous. No. Don't do that. I've been doing it for like 20 years though, and I can't stop. Like I don't want to do it. It's just a habit. I'm not thinking. I'm just fucking. I slap it, and then I fucking slap it again when I'm done. I don't know why I do it. So, I, you know, same thing. If you give me the option for the heavy load, I'm going to give you a heavy load. There you go. There's an audio cut for you. <laughs> I was going to say, good Lord. But uh, anyway, voiceofwrestling.com slash Patreon, patreon.com slash voiceofwrestling. $1, $5, and $10 uh, tiers. $10 tiers get you uh, live flagships, no dopes chat room as well. Uh, some incredible stuff. There are a lot of people in there right now. On the No Dopes chat room. So far, no dopes, but we'll, uh, we'll keep an eye on that to see if any dopes do uh, emerge. But uh, yeah, a lot of great stuff on there for $5 and $10. A lot of written content from Joe uh, as of late, including reviews and stuff. Uh, I've just finished up my WrestleMania Randomizer series, uh, going through a, a random assortment of WrestleMania matches, 15 random WrestleMania matches, and uh, getting started with my new series as well, uh, hopefully in the next week. Uh, looking at Slammiversaries, going our first TNA retro content we've ever done so excited already on episode one i've I found some incredible tna dirt that just is, is is perfect just tna being tna stuff uh going on so yeah really incredible it should be a lot of fun there but that'll all be on the five dollar tier joe's written stuff on the ten dollar tier instant reaction lives flagship lives joe Vernon to remember all that stuff is available at patreon.com slash voices of wrestling so there you go but here's uh, the uh here's the next set of matches that i'll have reviews up for this week uh velocities versus aussie open from the PWA show on uh, May 8th. The uh, Grills of Destiny versus Dangerous Techers match we talked about last week. The Never Open Weight six-man title match we talked about last week. 60-minute Ironman match, Josh Alexander versus TJP from Impact last week. And the fifth match is still uh, to be determined. But that'll be the next set of written reviews behind the paywall as well. There you so. go. So, uh, yeah, plenty to get to uh, this week uh, as well. We got the uh, NWA Win Our Shadows Fall review that we will uh we will do we talked about we will never stop covering nwa on the show and and we of course i uh, had to watch well, the testing that theory, they are they? very much testing that theory but uh we will yeah for the for the time being we will never stop but uh yeah they, they are they're certainly pushing their luck here with uh when our shadows fall we'll talk about that uh cyber fight uh going on the joint show between ddt tokyo joshi pro and noah uh, was last weekend as well so we'll talk about some of the matches that we caught from that enormous like five or six hour show we did not watch everything on that show obviously because it was a very very long show but uh also nxt takeover in your house is this weekend and we uh we got to talk about this card because this is uh true to the name in your house i would say because this card fucking stinks <laughs> this card is so bad uh this is 1995 in your house for sure so it, it, it is living up to the name for no doubt but uh before we do all that though let's uh, get to new japan new japan dominion well, i gotta oh go ahead before new japan i got a couple quick hitters for you yeah what do you got give me quick thoughts did you see the matt cardona nick gage angle uh i did yeah yeah that was tremendous that was tremendous stuff so i i initially just saw like an image of it and i was like oh it looks kind of cool like matt cardona came out or whatever and then i saw the video and dude that's a that's an angle man that is good shit from gcw so you know credit where it's due uh, to them, we, we give them a lot of shit about not running angles and not running, you know, actual stories or whatever, but they tend to do it a little bit in their main events. They tend to do it with their big stars. And yeah, that that was an awesome one for people that haven't seen it. Uh, essentially, 
Uh, a masked man in a hood comes out, and it, it appears to be John Moxley. It's got all the mannerisms of John Moxley. Uh, he attacks Nick Gage. He gives him, you know, the the, the Death Rider, or whatever the double arm DDT. Uh, and everybody thinks it's Mox, and everyone's going crazy. And yeah, 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 Mox, Mox, Mox. Then he takes the mask off, and it's Matt Cardona. And the crowd, like initially, half the crowd is like, "Oh, it's Mox," and they they can't quite tell that it's Matt Cardona yet. And it's one of those cool moments where you could tell that like. Throughout the building, it was kind of like there was a group that immediately started booing, knowing it was Matt Cardona, uh, you know, the former Zack Ryder or whatever. And then little by little, like everybody in the crowd was like, wait a minute, that's not Mox. Because they kind of, you know, from far, they kind of do look alike. And he did a, such a good job of looking like Moxley and acting like Moxley that, that the people are still popping a little bit. And then they realize, oh, fuck, that's Matt Cardona. And he does a great job as well uh, of just being an asshole heel and just flicking the fans off. And, yeah, this is, that's good shit, man. This is old school indie ECW ring of honor stuff where, where the guy from the big company comes in uh, and starts attacking one of the indie guys. And that's no better guy than, than Nick Gage as well to get involved in that. So I'm, I'm into it. Great angle. I mean, incredible crowd pop. They wanted that man dead. And um, he's just doing such a good job with it because, you know, earlier that day on Twitter, someone asked him if he was going to be there and he was like, nah, man, I'm at my home in Orlando. I got to, uh, a woman in a string bikini that I'm staring at. I'm not going to some backyard wrestling show because he's been doing this Twitter feud with Gage. Um, so that set it up, and then he end up he ends up showing up, and now he's kind of doing this thing where he's like, "I'm this big national TV star, you know, and I'm above all of this, but I'm going to win this GCW title anyway, you know." So he's like shitting on the fans, he's shitting on the promotion, he's shitting on Gage. He's shitting on everybody because he's like this, you know, he's too good for all this. But it's also very self-aware because the whole rub there is he's Matt fucking Cardona. Yeah. Like he's Zack Ryder. But he's self-aware enough to understand that that's the heat. That this, you know, prelim guy, this jabron from WWE claims that he's a bigger deal than these gritty homegrown GCW guys and the their ultimate hero, Nick Gage. And it's just tremendous stuff. I mean, we pick on Game Changer a lot. They nailed this, and I'm and I'm very interested in the eventual match. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 great stuff. And this is like the the, the heel work that Cardona is doing is the heel work that you and I always say truly good heels do this work. There, there's this, you know, there's been over the last, you know, 10 to 15 years, the growing, like just evil for the sake of evil heels or heels that know they're evil and are just like, ha I'm so evil. I'm so evil. But what Cardona's doing is awesome. Cause it's just like, or heels he, that try to be cool. Right, right. He's not trying to be a cool heel. He's not an evil heel. He's just like, yeah, I'm fucking above all you jabrones. You know what I mean? Like I'm yeah. a, I'm a, I'm a main, I'm a big time star. I'm a fucking ex WWE wrestler. Like I don't need this shit and I don't need you guys. And, I, and, and it's pretty cool, but he's like the the point too is like yeah that you know yeah fine I'll, I'll come to your stupid company and win your stupid title to prove how dumb you guys all are you know what i mean like so right. that's that's it's just a really cool thing that he there's the quote-unquote self-awareness but there's also the like the believability in that mark cardona thinks that he's you know a certain level uh, above those people and then there's also the you know the truth to it as well it's like oh, i mean he's not saying anything that's wrong like he was an xwb guy and this is gcw and you know he comes into the ring and there's fucking glass everywhere and he you know his hand gets busted open as he does the death rider dt so it, it the symbolism of is you know that he is above this shit and he's looking down at his hand and there's you know glass in it and he's like what the fuck like come on like you guys are ridiculous but hey you know he's gonna prove himself on that on that big stage and uh, and prove himself to gcw so it, it's cool I, I i like that a lot that's a i mean Heyman used to nail that thing a lot in ecw oh, where yeah. like xwb guys or xwcw guys would come in i mean numerous guys uh would do that dating back all the way to mick foley you, you know coming in 
uh, as Cactus Jack and sort of saying, well, I'm from WCW in Atlanta and that sort of stuff. And then, you know, eventually RVD doing it and guy and many, many, many guys doing it uh, in that company. And, and, and Ring of Honor did it from time to time as well. Pretty well. You know, obviously, Gabe, you know, from the Heyman tree was really good at kind of maximizing that. And anytime and, you know, an XWB guy would come into the company, they, they would usually be presented unless they were, you know, your Christians or, or you know, uh, guys like that. They were usually presented as, you know, initially kind of heels because it was just like, yeah, you know. I'm I'm a Zach big I'm Ryder, a big fish in a small pond like you know type stuff. Well, Zack so. Ryder's perfect because he's just such a right off the conveyor belt WWE guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's 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 the perfect guy to choose for this. Right. He's like just fucking. You couldn't. You almost couldn't pick a better person. Right. He's got no cred. He's got he no indie cred whatsoever. None. You know. So it, it's 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 almost perfect from that standpoint. And there is that added layer where. It's one thing if Moxley comes into your company and goes after Nick Gage. It'd be one thing if it was Roman Reigns or something. But this is Zack Ryder. These fans are incensed. Yeah, woo-woo guy is it's, here. <laughs> like, fuck it's you. the woo-woo yeah. guy. You know, he, yeah, because, again, like, you nailed it. He just does, has no credibility with, with, that, with that kind of fan. So it's – and he, he's making no attempt to be cool or get over as a face at all. He wants everyone to just hate his guts. And the dynamic for that match is going to be really great. So they've got the Mox match set up, and they've got this match set up. So you have to give them credit. We pick on them a lot for not doing stories. We we pick on them a lot for a lot of different things, but they really nailed that. Quick hitter number two, Leo Rush retires again. You want to go first on this one, or yeah, should I go? Uh, go, yeah, you go first. Go first. Look, I I wish Leo Rush well, but to me, he's in the same category as Kylie Ray. Me personally, I would never give either one of those people an opportunity again. I'm not offering or handing either of those people a contract. I'm sure they're lovely people. Um, I like both of them as wrestlers and performers. I think they're both tremendous. Um, am I? putting their name on, on a contract. If I'm running a wrestling company, am I building long-term with either one of them ever again? No, you can't. How can you, you know, and the reasons don't even matter. I mean, you know, it, 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 it does not even matter. The point is, and we'll talk about Kylie Ray later, I guess, because another company's going to try again, you know, with her popping up in NWA. And it's just, um, you know, it's just, you're waiting for the inevitable, you know, and it's, it's and you know in the case of Leo Rush he's you know insanely talented and he's 25 or 26 years old and um you know allegedly AEW did offer him a deal and and he could you know be a um a superstar pro wrestler for many years he just um uh, you know now look do i think Leo Rush has wrestled his last match oh god no, no give me a fucking break. we say this every time <laughs> we've said it at least two like, or three times yeah yeah we say this every time he hasn't wrestled his last match he's you know he's 26 he's great at it, it it's going to lure him back you know what i mean and it's like the issues with Kylie Ray are a little different than the is- than whatever's going on with him i think he just would rather do other things like in his heart i think he'd rather do music or whatever else is he wants to do um, so it's a little different than her situation, right? And he's got a, he's got a legit injury right now as well. But but for for the record, like AEW, and I think he even said this as well on a, on his Instagram post is that even after finding out about the injury, I think it was something about a, an AC joint in his, his shoulder. I forget if it tore or or whatever. He said even after that, AEW still said like, okay, that's fine. We'll st- we still want to sign you. 
Uh, and he walked away from that. So yeah, that that is clear that like it's not just the injury. It's 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 potentially the injury being part of it, but it's also you know trying to get away or do something else or do something with else with your life or the nagging injuries and no like there's there's a lot at, at, at hand there. But yeah, it's it's not just the injury because AEW did not care. They said hey. You're good, man. You know what I mean? Like, go get healthy, go get surgery, go whatever you have to do. Here's a contract no matter what. And he, he walked away from that. So, yeah. So, I mean, you know, they're, they're kind of two extremely talented wrestlers that are kind of in the same boat here where, I mean, if I run a promotion, I wouldn't um, trust the outcome with either of these people. I feel like there, there's a high probability you're going to get burned in the end. Um, but, you know, do I think he's wrestled his last match? Just circling back to him specifically, of course not. Not a chance. He'll be back. I think he probably believes he's retired. Like I don't think he's trying to work people. I don't get that sense at all. I don't get the sense that he's seeking attention or doing a gimmick or this is a storyline or I-, I think he he every time he does this, I think he truly believes he doesn't oh, want sure. to do it. Yeah. Anymore. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no doubt. I, I don't think, I don't think he's doing it for, for attention or to, to book something later on down the line or, you know, to, to, to build up to anything. I think he literally just, you know, sits down and says, ah, I don't really want to do this anymore. I'm done. But you know, when you're 26 and you're as talented as he is, and there's always going to be that payday. Like, I don't know. Do I trust that he's done? I, I don't. Yeah. I, I definitely do not. He's tight with Janela and Janela talked him back into it to do that feud that they had in game changer. And um, and then from there, I guess he was getting phone calls. So he ends up on New Japan Strong, and AEW calls him, and, and all this ML MLW, and he's in the middle of a, a big you know storyline in MLW. So he kind he let you know you forget forget AEW. He worked one match there and never signed a deal. He left MLW hanging here, you know. So it's like, um, you know, I I think you know he got back into it, and this is just something that keeps turning him off about the wrestling business. There's something that keeps pushing him away, um, and, and I think he's genuine when he when he when he leaves wrestling. This is the second or third time, at least the second. I don't know if it's been three, um, but I, I do think he'll be. He's too, look, when you're that talented, I, I feel like we had this exact conversation like a year ago. But when you're that talented, someone's going to talk you back into it, and then once you start doing it. And the offers start coming in. So I feel like we're going to go down this road again. Um, you know, the problem is from a promoter standpoint, unless it's a one night thing or, you know, an indie shot or something like that. I, I don't know how you trust them to put pen to paper. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It, it's he's really great, though. I mean, his the end of his run with WWE, I thought was phenomenal. And it was on a bunch of shows that nobody was watching. because It was after the Bobby Lashley manager run. They sent him to 205 Live and NXT. He did great work at the beginning of last year, right before the pandemic. Um, some of his, his indie stuff has been spotty. I think he got a little ambitious with the Blackheart character. I think that was a good idea on paper. Wanted to set himself apart. But I didn't like the way he worked as the Blackheart character. That didn't land with me. But, um, you know, you, you try things, though. I can't fault the guy for it. It just didn't work for me. But he's immensely talented. And um, I thought he was doing great stuff for New Japan. It really looked like he had a future with New Japan. I figured he's a guy that they'd bring to Japan once things get cleared up COVID-wise. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. Here we are again. Um, you know, it's, it's selfishly. You know, I wish his first love was wrestling and not the music. You know, because maybe that is the lore for him. 
repeatedly. Maybe he just wants to do this music more than he wants to do the wrestling. And when you have another injury, you're just like, you know what? Fuck this. You know, this isn't my first love anyway. And I'm look, I don't know anything. This is just my, you know, speculation on it all. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was worth bringing up. No, for sure. Yeah, and 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 I, you know, I saw him on the Indies uh, AEW a few times uh, as well. So yeah, it kind of stinks that uh, that it's out. And uh, yeah, he's done for for now. But uh, as I as we said, and was we said a year ago, and as I'll say a long times, I, I I don't think he's wrestled his last match. And I, you know, when 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 things heal up and and those calls come in again, or people kind of, I, I think he'll be back for sure. So so Chris Samsa brings up a good point in the No Dopes chat room where. Rush says he'll he's gonna finish out his contractual obligations to New Japan when he's healthy. Um, I don't know if that's because there's so much stuff in the can and that's kind of kayfabed. You know what I mean? Kind of to explain why people are still gonna see him on New Japan Strong or whatnot, or if he really is gonna come back after his injury heals. <laughs> that he's he's gonna be matches. back. Yeah, he'll be back then because people will call and then he'll just be back. Exactly. You know? That's. You you knew exactly where I was going because if that's the case and he comes back to finish up whatever tours they had him booked on, right, he'll have the bug again. And people are going to be like, oh, well, he's still – you know what I mean? And then he'll have some time mm-hmm. to think it through. And so, yeah, I you know, um, I don't know. It's uh, it's always a wild ride with Leo Rush. Yeah, him and him and Kylie doing a uh, neck and neck in the amount of retirements before age of thirty. So they're uh, <laughs> they're piling up quite yeah. a quite a number here. So uh, look out, Onita and Terry Funk. These these uh, these two are are starting early with retirements. So who knows? All right. Anything else? Any other quick hitters? Or is that? No, nah, I just wanted to touch on those two. Well, there you go. Quick. All right. So you know we'll, we'll we'll get to New Japan here in a moment, but I do have to let everybody know that this episode of the Voice of Wrestling flagship podcast is sponsored by our friends at My Bookie, and we uh, we off air discussed the uh, the Logan Paul Floyd Mayweather thing <laughs> last week, and uh, thank God we didn't do a read that week where we tried to intensely break down that thing and all the bets and all the stuff that was going to go on there because that was an absolute disaster. But hey. That's fine because there is plenty of other stuff for you to bet on at my bookie. Baseball and basketball seasons are still going strong. 400 potential games a month. Each and every one matter. Uh, and everyone can be have some fun at mybookie.ag. Whether you're placing a wager on your favorite team player or just looking for some kicks, mybookie gives you the best odds and tons of options to make all of your favorite sports a hell of a lot more exciting. You can bet on MLB and basketball. That's something that Joe and I are, are near and dear to our hearts. I said that this year's... NBA playoffs were going to be wild, that there was going to be upsets, that there's anything's up for grabs. I mean, we're going to get a new world champion. We're going to get a champion that hasn't won at least since 1983, I think, uh, is the most recent one with the Philadelphia 76ers. So we're going to get you know five of the, or, or half the teams left don't even have never even won a championship in their entire careers or their entire uh, franchise's history. So there's a lot of really cool stuff going on uh, in the NBA playoffs. And baseball betting is still you know going strong. Plenty of stuff that you can do uh, in MLB as, as we're just getting into the uh, – the, the, the swing of the season here over the next few months. But um, take advantage of odds, as we said, on the eBay playoffs, MLB, anything going up there. Or you can hit up the MyBookie Casino for the full-fledged experience where weekly blackjack tournaments give you and your friends a crack at prize pools up to $50,000 on those blackjack tournaments. Sounds good to me. So uh, go to MyBookie.ag, sign up now, and use our promo code VOICES to get your first deposit matched up to $1,000. So we've explained this at, at, at times, but if you don't get it, they're going to match your first deposit up to $1,000. So if you put $500 in, they're going to give you $500 free. They're just going to give $500. There it is. It's yours to play with. 
$500 for free. You put $1,000 in, you get $1,000. You put $20 in, you guessed it, you get $20. So deposit match up to $1,000 with that promo code VOICES. So let them know we sent you. Use our promo code VOICES to get that free deposit bonus and start your day off with a win. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. MyBookie.ag, promo code VOICES. All right. Appreciate the, the MyBookie getting back in the, in, in the mix here for, for the sponsors. So, all right, Joe, you ready to talk about... Uh, our big man Shingo Takagi getting this big title win. Yeah, I think Lamar Odom versus Aaron Carter's this weekend, isn't it? <laughs> was or was that was that in the same thing as the? Or is this is that a Triller thing? I I am unaware of the gimmick boxing schedules these days. So I thought Lamar Odom versus Aaron Carter was this week. I could be wrong. Oh, because it was well, who was last week? It was like Ocho Cinco versus whoever the fuck. Ocho Cinco out of fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it went well for him. So. Really? I didn't hear uh, anything about that. Yeah, yeah. I, I only knew like the day of, and I was like, oh boy, I have not done a great job of promoting that because I, I didn't even know. I think I think he was in that, uh, I think he was in the Paul Mayweather thing, whatever that was. So No, no way. Really? I swear to Chad, God. Yeah. Chad Ochocinco. Yeah, the former Chad Johnson, yeah. Does he still call himself Ochocinco? I think what he does, geek? yeah, yeah. What an absolute nerd. <laughs> like? He faced uh, Chad Johnson. He who. is Chad Johnson. Oh, no, sorry. He faced Brian Maxwell. He lost? He lost, yeah. That got no fucking <laughs> Nothing. buzz at yeah. all. That was on the undercard of that? Uh, yes, yes it was. Lamar Odom Aaron Carter's on June 22nd. Okay. Yeah. So we got a little Lamar bit. Is that, is that a, a, one of those Triller deals? I don't know. It Told just says uh, yeah. possible future fight June 22nd, Lamar Odom versus Aaron Carter. Joe, uh, I hate to tell your mic is a little scratchy. Oh, oh God. Oh, dear God. <laughs> the, the, the adventures in Joe's microphone. We'll find out in a moment. Give him a second, but uh, anyway. Not going to ask questions again. Last time I did that, you guys had some terrible, terrible questions. So we'll just, uh, I'll just get ready here with, with the Shingo Takagi title. When Joe just gets set up thing. Shingo. Okay, set you ready? Shingo. Yeah, yeah, we're good. Are you, are you all right on your end? I just want to make Should sure. You're good. You're good? You sound great. Yeah. Sound great. Anyway, all right. New Japan Dominion, 6-6, happened on 6-7, that's fine, it's all good, things happen. Uh, we'll talk about the entire show, but I do want to start out, obviously, with the main event, a uh, match we absolutely have to talk about in a moment, we have to actually absolutely talk about. Yes, it's this dumb new title, and yes, the lineages are kind of the same, but they're not really, or yada yada, whatever. All that matters at the end of the day, Shingo Takagi defeats Kazuchika Okada, 36 minutes to win the vacant world title. Shingo Takagi, no matter what the title's called, or whatever it is, Shingo Takagi is your your main champion in New Japan Pro Wrestling. You and I, I think you said zero chance. I think I said like 10%. Like we, neither of us were confident that they were going to go with Shingo whatsoever. No matter what no matter what percentages or odds we gave, neither of us were confident they were going to go with Shingo. Neither of us thought it was going to happen. And it happened. Uh, what did you think when you saw the news? And what did you think of when you, you, you saw the moment happen? And then we'll, then we'll kind of talk about the match here in a bit. But let's first talk about just the moment of, of Shingo getting that win. Did you ever think that would happen? And did you ever see it coming when, when Shingo debuted in New Japan Pro Wrestling? Well, I was stunned. I mean, obviously, I gave him zero percent chance to win the match. I didn't think they'd do it here. I really thought he was just an emergency replacement in this spot, so they can get it to Okada. And we talked about last week. The only real credible guy they had that they could put in there with Okada. Um, look, when he came to New Japan, we both said that this guy's ceiling 
was IWGP champion, top star, and Tokyo Dome main eventer. That was his ceiling. But we were both skeptical that they'd ever allow him to get to that point. Not being homegrown, you know, maybe the third or fourth guy in his own unit in terms of heavyweights, uh, age, already pushing 40 when they brought him in. A lot of things working against him. And the way that he was booked for the first couple of years where, you know, he was booked with, he got some booking respect, but he didn't look like he was on a trajectory to be one of the top guys in the company. And we had been lamenting that for years because we really felt this could be a money drawing top star because unlike a lot of the other people that they uh, uh, are getting behind and, and thinking about pushing or actively pushing, he actually has a track record of drawing money, which is unusual. Uh, for them to bring a guy in who has, uh, you know, the last guy that they brought in with a track record, a proven track record of drawing money in Japan was probably Omega, right? I mean, it's probably the last one. Yeah, I was trying to think of um, guys that have come into the company. I mean, you can even go back prior to Omega and it's really hard to find. It's like, you know, Kojima, you know what I mean, <laughs> right? Like you really have to really dig in. Yeah, it's it's, it's definitely Omega's probably the last guy that I can think of off the top of mind or, you know, Kotobushi, obviously, um, um, would Depending on how how you define him coming to the company and when you kind of define that happening, Omega and Abushi, probably because I mean AJ Styles no track record of drawing money in Japan or elsewhere. I mean nowhere really. I mean right. he never really drew money in Impact. Um, you know at least on a on a on a, on a meaningful level. Um, you mentioned Kojima, but he was obviously originally a New Japan guy and then left because of Enochiaism and then came back. So I think he's a little bit of a different case. Mm-hmm. We have this guy Shingo who comes in. He's got a proven record, proven drawing record in Japan of, be, of being able to draw on the top of cards. But there were a lot of things working against him. And, and you know, we said many times on this show, we didn't think they would ever do it. Um, as I've been talking about over the last few months, my opinion on that changed with the Will Ospreay feud because it just looked like the kind of booking that they do to set somebody up. Um, so he eats a, you know, he beats Osprey once, but then he eats a bunch of losses to the guy. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, this is just, this is what they do. Um, this has been the pattern with Gato. Uh, this guy's probably going to beat Osprey for this title at some point is what it looked like to me. I was confident at that point that at some point they were going to pull the trigger on him. So my mindset changed once he got into the Osprey feud, but I never thought that they would do it this soon. And I never thought they would do it over Okada. Now, maybe they didn't plan to do it over Okada. Maybe Osprey would have beaten Okada in the Dome and stayed a couple more days and then lost to Shingo. Uh, it sure seems like Osprey was leaving after the Okada match. Um, that seems to be every indication, but, but who knows? Maybe they just changed their minds once the Osprey thing happened and said, well, let's just you know uh, put it on Shingo now. I, I don't know. But the bottom line is I never thought that they would put the title on him this soon, and I never thought that they would do it in this spot. I'm glad that they did. Um, he more than deserves it. He has more than earned it. I still believe he's a potential – not a, but he is a top guy in the company now. I mean, yeah, we're there. I mean, we're fucking the there. <laughs> Today's the day. Yeah. It's there. And, and, and moving forward from there as well, you know, I, I think that, that he can be a top guy. It's just – it's really a shame that this was the year where Kota Ibushi and Will Ospreay and Shingo all got their massive elevations under these circumstances. It really is a shame. 
Uh, because this was, as I've written about a million times in the book, Behind the Paywall, it was really the beginning of a new era for New Japan. You know, the last uh, 18 to 24 months or so. And this year was really a pivotal year for that. And they went all the way with these three guys who are going to be part of that next wave of people expected to headline and draw moving forward. And all three of their elevations just totally got fucked by COVID and partial crowds and clap crowds. And none of their title reigns are going to feel as hot as they should as a result. And um, it's a bad break for the company. It's a bad break for these three guys. And it's like, you can't stall and hold off forever because when will things be back to normal? Nobody knows, especially in Japan where, you know, somehow they were ahead of the curve and now they're like behind the rest of the world in terms of getting better. At least the rest of the wrestling world where Australia has looked sound for a long time now, months and months. U.S. is doing full crowds and we look, you know, our vaccination's going great. And now all of a sudden Japan is lagging behind. And, um, you know, those three guys, you know, it, it's just the timing is awful. And, you know, I watched this show and, and it, it's a, a, it, all the same things that have been plaguing New Japan still plague them. You know, the show still felt dry, still felt emotionless. It still felt sterile. Um, long. Their matches and, all just feel so long. And it's, it's and just because they're trying to give the paying customer their money's worth. Yeah. I get it. But it's like uh, this didn't feel like the Shingo coronation that it should have felt like to me. You know, it. It uh, it felt weird, just like a lot of the other title changes this year felt weird, and it, you know, Abushi's title reign felt weird, and Willow Spray's felt weird, and now this this one felt weird too. And I feel bad for all three of those guys, and I feel bad for the company uh, because I really think this year in New Japan would have been incredible with Kota Abushi, Willow Spray, and Shingo being elevated like this. With Naito out of the way, with Jay White out of the way, with Okada out of the way, given the, they're all given room to breathe, the crowd reactions to these guys, and it just would have been such a great year. And it was taken from them, and it was taken from us, and it sucks. Because honestly, it's the complete opposite. It hasn't been a great year in New Japan. There have been some great matches, despite the sterile environments. But Dakota Ibushi title reign did not go well. The Will Ospreay title win and short reign had some great matches, but you had the awkward B Priestley angle, and then you had Will Ospreay abandoning the title. And now this Shingo, Shingo beats Okada. And quite honestly, I didn't even think it was a great match, but I guess that's our next topic after you speak on this a bit. I didn't think it was a great match, and I thought the title win didn't come off like, a, like the great coronation it should have. And it just sucks. It sucks for all three guys. It sucks for the company. And most importantly to me, because I'm fan first, it sucks for us, the fans, that we were robbed of these great moments and these great title reigns and these great elevations. Because you can't rebottle that. No, no, back. no. And that, and that's I think that's something that, that I'll always remember about this year. And 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 you brought it up perfectly. Like. Who, I mean, the Kotobushi thing seems so long ago, doesn't it? Like Kotobushi winning at Wrestle Kingdom and winning both the titles—that seems like a century ago. 
where it's June. It was six months ago. You know what I mean? And it feels like so long ago and it feels like such a blip and it feels like so forgotten and, and, and so not important and so not focused on. And this will one, I don't know. I mean, from distance, I mean, the will one might just be, you know, we might always talk about it because of him, you know, you know, abandoning the title or vacating the title or whatever. So that one might always be remembered as well. But yeah, we have two, you know, first time title reigns from, from two tremendous pro wrestlers, guys that you and I both love. Many people listen to the show. Most people listen to the show love, you know, their in-ring work, all that sort of, I mean, these are two guys that have been carefully elevated for years and years and years and carefully brought up through the company or whatever, and both those guys' title reigns are just going to be you know, the footnotes and, and afterthoughts when it's all said and done, and and and, and that sucks, because like you said, those first times is so important, and that is a big reason why I did not think they were going to go with Shingo on this night, because it's like, all right, look, you've done two title reigns already this year of, of, of first-time guys that you've elevated, and, and, and neither has gone particularly well. The Kota one was a disaster. Uh, on many levels, the Will one also, you know, had some good matches, but also I would, I would largely consider a disaster uh, as well. So, like, go with the safe pick. Go with Okada. Tread water for as long as you can. And then when you're ready for Shingo next year and you hope that you know, hope and pray and, and, and fingers crossed that things are back to normal, that's when then you elevate him because you've already elevated two guys this entire year. Do I blame them for saying, hey, we don't know when things are going to get back to normal. We don't know when things are going to get back on track. We need some juice. We need to do something interesting. Let's just go with Shingo. I mean, I can't blame him for that thought but to me it did feel a little I don't want to say deflating because it was a really cool moment and I'm glad he got there and I'm, I'm obviously a lifelong Shingo fan so it's just like incredible to see it but it did just feel like ah man another one of these this year and it's 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 I just I don't know at the end of the year and, and maybe we'll see maybe Shingo goes on and has an incredible reign and we look like idiots and he has a great run and like he brings you know life back to the company and he's out there and he holds the title for a year and a half or I mean it could be incredible it could be the beginning of an incredible incredible title reign but right now it just I don't I don't know the correct terminology but it just doesn't it doesn't feel the way I wanted it to feel and the, and the will one didn't feel that way either I mean the will one absolutely did not feel that way either because it came right off that right after the the B Priestley thing which was t- stupid angle uh, on all fronts and then when he won it it was just like ugh, God it was just like annoying and everybody was arguing and being idiots about it and and, and on both sides and it was just like ah it was so deflating and now you know the shingle one has been cool because people have kind of rallied together and I think most people that watch New Japan are, are like in favor of this and in favor of shingle winning and and and, and hope that he kind of gets things back on track and that he's a good champion and whatnot. So it's cool from that aspect, but it does, I don't know, it just, it does feel like something is missing from this and, and, and from J- New Japan still. But for the first time in a long time, I, I, I was actually somewhat excited about talking New Japan uh, on this show, at least because we have this news of Shingo winning and, and at least the hope that, that he goes on a, a relatively long run here and has a really, really good run. Because, I mean, he's been an incredible wrestler this year. I mean, I think he's no doubt the wrestler of the year. Uh, no doubt the, the most outstanding, I think that the most outstanding, 100%, he, he's got that locked in, I, I, I think even pre-G1, you know, wrestler of the year, we'll see, there, there's other guys that could be contenders, but uh, yeah, so it's cool to have that coronation, it's cool for him to kind of put that stamp on, on, on his career, but it, I, I'm with you though, it, it, in one breath it was like, oh hell yeah, Shingo won, and the crowd gasps, and they make noise like they haven't made in, in, in years, but then at the end of the day, it's still this current Japan, New Japan, it's still... still you know, some of the stuff on the undercard is still not great and still not kind of lighting my world on fire, but I'm trying to at least look somewhat positive here. And and, and I am happy that Shingo won, but uh, I do, I, I think I need a little bit more out of New Japan to, to, to be fully, fully back in, quote unquote. Yeah, he's definitely the front runner for in-ring wrestler of the year with Osprey being on the shelf. So he's not going to wrestle for months and months. Hiromu has been on the shelf for months and months. He'll come back, but I don't know if he'll have time to do enough. Um, in the case of Hiromu, the one advantage Hiromu will have over Will Ospreay, assuming he has great matches, which why wouldn't you assume that? 
is that his will be on the back end. They'll be fresher in people's minds. Whereas Osprey's great matches will be on the front end of the year and, and less fresh in people's minds. Um, you know, and then you look, there's no one in WWE who's realistic for that. Uh, Kenny Omega obviously is a contender, um, but really there's nobody else in AEW. Uh, well, maybe Darby. Don't count out Darby. Like, he's a sneaky one. I don't think he'll win, but I think Darby's a strong contender for, like, the MVP version of Wrestler of the Year. Uh, that's a sneaky one. I think it'd be Darby, Kenny Omega. It's hard with Japan because it's hard to quantify how people are drawing. But, yeah, Shingo is got to be the favorite right now for in-ring wrestler of the year. There's no question about it. Um, you know, so uh, from that standpoint, for sure, it just, but yeah, it just feels cold and that's not his fault. It's not the company's fault. Um, there's just no way around it under these circumstances. And, you know, you just hope that moving forward, because eventually Japan will come out of this like everybody else will. You just hope moving forward that it, it doesn't, you know, the lack of the big coronations for all three of these guys doesn't hurt them moving forward. Because it's hard to tell if fans are behind these moves or not. I mean, we have such little evidence to go on. There's no reason to think they wouldn't have been behind Kota Ibushi as champion. Tokyo Dome sold all the tickets they could sell. There's no reason to think they wouldn't have been behind Will Ospreay. He's always been a very popular uh, foreigner. And, you know, his one title defense with Shingo sold out, sold out, quote unquote, instantly. But there's only so much stock you can put in that. And Shingo, it remains to be seen. And not just those three, but remember, this is year two of this now. Don't forget, Tetsuya Naito's big coronation a month later, his title reign is ruined Mm -hmm. with COVID. When he finally gets it done in the Tokyo Dome against Okada, wins the double dome, gets his big moment. He gets one title defense against Kenta, and then his title reign is ruined. And then the whole summer of LIJ. We didn't like the evil stuff, but the LIJ fans lost all of that to COVID with the big evil Tetsuya Naito feud, which for all we know would have been fucking red hot. And New Japan missed out on that as well. And the LIJ fans had that taken from them, the whole Tetsuya Naito evil saga. So it's not just 2021. 2020 also totally fucked up. For a lot of fans of New Japan. And, you know, so it's it's just, it's been a disaster for them. I know a few weeks ago we talked about there's no other promotion that has been hurt as badly by COVID as New Japan. I mean, we completely whiffed on CMLL, which I think takes that home in a fucking route. <laughs> yeah. But but uh, outside of CMLL. Who essentially which- don't exist. As long as COVID has been along, CML has basically not existed. So that's not good. Yeah. I mean, that's just been, yeah. But uh, they, they've been they've been so poorly affected. They've been so badly hurt by COVID that I forgot they existed, in all honesty, which is why I didn't bring them up when we had that discussion. Because um, they're so out of sight, out of mind, that I literally forgot they existed. So they're number one with a bullet, but New Japan is number two. You know? And uh, I don't know. I might put... You know, number three would be a good argument. You'd either go with Big Japan. I think Big Japan, I mean, they nearly went out of business, number one. Um, right. They're raising money so they could put fucking gas in their in their van to drive around. I mean, that's that's pretty low. So And no moment. That whole roster has COVID now. I mean, it's, they, it's been a disaster in Big Japan. Either them, maybe Ring of Honor. They didn't run for a year. They've got no buzz now that they're back. Um, so those would be like your contenders. That's the rest of your top five destroyed by COVID promotions. I'd go CMLL, New Japan, number one and two, easy. 
And then I'd go like Big Japan, Ring of Honor. I'm probably forgetting somebody. But that would like round out the top five who I think have been hurt the most by it. And it's just uh, – it's it, it, what, what sucks the most for New Japan is this really would have been such a cool, exciting, vibrant, fresh coat of paint year and a real turning point year to see, okay, are they going to retain this momentum in this new era or is this going to be uh, a, a, just a, a new promotion that doesn't have the same feel and magic that it did for the previous decade? And because of COVID, we don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just made it hard to kind of judge things, and it was it was like I said, it was cool in the match when it was over to hear that gasp and the crowd kind of breaking from the silence and breaking from the clapping a little bit as they were kind of stunned. But they, then you know they go right back to just doing the clapping and all that sort of stuff, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough ride. I mean, I I think at least from my standpoint, I am I'm a little bit more positive about New Japan than I have been in quite a while, just because Shingo as the champion means that we're getting you know at least presumably. Big time main event shingles, you know, shingo, uh, you know, singles matches. That sounds great to me. There's some stuff that they booked in Kazuna Road uh, that has me a little interested as well. So, so I'm not all the way back in. You know what I mean? It's going to take a little bit more, and it might not be that way for the rest of this year. But uh, at least to me, and and it was kind of cool. It, it does feel like the, for the first time in in what feels like a while, there is a champion. A lot of people are just like, hey, that's awesome. That guy deserves it. You know, that guy is is, is clearly the best guy in this company. That was always our argument last year with the evil thing, where, where you and I said, like, to me, that title, that being whatever the, whatever the IWG, whatever the name of it is at this time, or whatever, being the top champion in New Japan, that means you're one of the best guys. You're not the best guy in that company. Uh, it never felt like evil was that for us, and that was always kind of a, a, a thing that sucked, and has taken a while to kind of get that thing back, but I think with Shingo there, he, do, to me, does feel like one of the top guys in that company and does feel like one of the best wrestlers in that company and does feel like one of the more important guys in that company so it for the first time in a long time does feel like we have that guy and and for whatever reason i mean for will there was always you know there's always gonna be will stuff there's always gonna be this will annoying stuff and it, him winning the title immediately after the b thing did not help at all and Kotobushi was just like a complete afterthought, which sucks because it was like the parade. You know, it was a great moment when he won it. And then within a month, he was doing just the worst shit ever with this title. It made no sense at all. And he feels like a complete afterthought, even though he probably fit all that criteria that I was talking about with Shingo fit. But uh, no, I mean, I'm excited for Shingo doing it. And I'm excited to see what matches we have here. But uh, yeah, it, it will, will, you know, cautiously optimistic, I think is probably the best way I can say about New Japan right now. So, And, you know, they're set up pretty well for when Osprey comes back. Because oh, they're it- great. Yeah. Because in kayfabe, he's got Shingo's number. Like, he just owns Shingo in kayfabe. And he's already cutting Twitter promos, calling Shingo an interim champ. That right. stuff's he's so all good. the way back in. He's all the way back in, yeah. by the way, if you don't think he's already back. It's pretty obvious at this point that our reporting was accurate all along. Oh, you know, who would have thought? I thought he was going to NXT UK, but <laughs> that's all right. But, um, you know, the interim champ stuff I think is great because – you know, he, he he really has owned Shingo. So that's the perfect heel thing to say. Like, oh, you're just, you're not the real champ. You're keeping my belt warm, you know? But on the other hand, Okada has owned him. So you have a lot of ways to go with Will Ospreay when he comes back. You know, he feels like he's superior to Shingo and he wants to take that title, his title back. Perfect story. But then there's that cloud hanging over Ospreay at all times of he feels inferior to Okada. So. When he comes back, they're set up nicely. And it's looking more and more. I know this is the – you could all blame me if I jinx this. Blame me on what I'm about to say. But it's looking more and more like the evil thing was just intended to be a hot summer program for Naito. I really don't think they see him at that level. 
No, you know, I, I have that exact note in my, because as we're going to talk about stuff going on at Kazuna Road, I mean, the level at which evil is <laughs> in this company and even in his own unit, I think is is, is very telling to me. Yeah. Now, like, it's it's dangerous to say that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, it, you know, they, he could just be, they could just be keeping him out of things for now. And for all I know, he might be the guy that beats Shingo now because we said it. But my gut is telling me that was intended to be a hot summer program. For Naito, it got fucked up because of COVID. Because they they were they remember they ran the baseball, they ran Jingu, the baseball stadium, and all that. And they probably felt that a Naito evil program with evil betraying Naito and turning on him was an easy way to do big business in the summer of 2020 until the G1, and then they get back on track with whatever they're going to do. That's what it feels like to me with the benefit of hindsight of it being a year ago, especially with the elevation of all these guys, you know, since, cause I don't know how much evil is worth if he's not feuding with Naito. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that, I, I guess my question to you is, do you think that that was the plan was always, Hey, we'll just have him do this, you know, hot six month run with, with Naito. Uh, and then he'll lose the title back and then he'll just go back to doing whatever he was before. Or did it not work? Did they think that they were elevating a guy and then it didn't work and now this is sort of where they see him at this point? After- I, don't, I don't know. I don't think they look... I think that's just not how they book. I mean, I think... My gut is telling me they they thought it would be a real hot... They looked at four matches. So... Don't remind me. I'm aware. Yeah, I, I remember. Unfortunately. I think, they, <laughs> yeah. I think they felt like that was a hot program that, that was going to carry the company through the summer. And draw big money for people paying to see this LIJ versus LIJ feud. And I and I don't feel like because there's no way to determine whether he was hot or not. Yeah. Uh, yeah I don't crowd. know. It's just they also don't. And again, like things have all uh, obviously very much changed over the last few years with New Japan booking, uh, especially in the last two. But they don't usually elevate a guy out of nowhere, give him the title and then de-elevate him after that. You, you know what I mean? Like that's also rare in this company as well. Guys, guys come and go. Uh, and guys will leave the company or whatever, but I I can't off the top of my head remember any guy of recent vintage who was this elevated. Booking, yeah. This booking. Well, here's the thing: you can't do that feud unless he wins the title. How do you get four matches out of that if Knight though keeps beating them? So that's kind of the heat was he he's took the guy's title. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I mean, well, and that's why I think that if you make that decision that he's going to win that title, that you then have to say, okay, we think this is a guy, we think this is a dude, and. You know, I, I'm with you right now that as of, you know, June, June 9th, 20, 2021, I don't think they see him as a dude anymore. So I don't know if there was initially an idea of making him a dude and it didn't work or or the idea was, hey, we're going to do this. And then he'll just be kind of a guy after that. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure. Well, I mean, it's just so hard to tell. My my gut also tells me that the Naito evil matches all would have drawn money. I can't prove it. None of us can prove it beyond, you know, they sold all the limited tickets they could sell. But I feel like that feud, at least the early matches, would have drawn big money. I think that baseball stadium show would have done a huge number. The gimmick of being in the baseball stadium, number one, and Naito Evil being in this feud, being part of that. Um, but again, we can't quantify any of this. You know, I, I don't know. That's why all of this sucks. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't just get – I just don't get the sense. Now, look, he's a former champion, which means he'll always 
be presented in, in kayfabe as a threat to win the title again. But will he in reality be a guy who can win the title again? I don't get that sense. But now you can throw evil into a title match once a year and people will buy him as a credible threat because he's done it before. And look, we may look foolish. Shing, you know, okay, so we know Shingo's facing Ibushi because he came out after the match, right? Correct. So, but for all we know, he beats Ibushi and then loses to Evil. I, mean, <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. Stop. You know, we may have talked this into back into existence. Stop. But anyway, um, I guess we should talk about the match, right? Uh, yeah, let, let's talk about the match. So obviously, Okada and Shingo main event of uh, Dominion goes thirty. Six minutes here. Shingo gets the win. What, uh, he hits his move and pins Okada. Clean the middle of the ring. I like that. It didn't take 17 different Last of the Dragons. Didn't take a bunch of pumping bombers. It, it, he hit the move and pinned this guy. Defeated him. But I thought this was good, not great. I, I saw some people say, you know, five stars, match of the year. I don't think it was on that level. I think it's probably going to get votes and and, and, and be pretty high up in our, our, our list. But of, you know, Shingo's on an incredible run. He's had an insane year when you actually look at it in totality, which we'll have to do at some point pretty soon. I know you're going to do a, a, a write-up. Of, uh, you know, you kind of do your mid-year, you know, rest of the year write-ups and stuff. And I think that's going to be a good opportunity for you to really look in and dig in deep uh, of what Shingo's done. And maybe we'll do it on the show around that time as well. But, I mean, you really go and look at what this guy's done this year alone. I mean, he is so far and ahead, the MVP of New Japan and, and, and really the MVP of wrestling in general. So uh, he, I think, has had better matches this year. Uh, and I think these guys have a better match in them. But I mean, I with that said, I still enjoyed it. I really, really liked it. I thought Okada did some great work here, uh, despite him being a broken down shell of his former self, you know, yada, yada on his last legs or whatever. Uh, anytime there's a big time match, he, he goes out there and has 40 minutes of, of decent performances. Uh, Shingo was Shingo. I mean, he's, he's one of the best in the world right now, um, if not the best in the world right now. Um, 36 minutes is maybe a little long for me. Maybe it didn't have to go 36, but I really don't have a ton of complaints about this match. It's one of those ones that didn't quite get to that level. I, I think the, the thing that hit me is when the match was over, it hits me with a lot of these New Japan matches. Some some can break this mold, and some are fine, and it doesn't matter, and they're good on their own merits. But when that match was over, I just I the first thought to me was, God damn it, I wish this match was in front of crowds. Because like, I could just see this being so much better with the crowd living and dying by every near fall. And living in, Okada hits a dropkick out of nowhere and the crowd explodes. You know what I mean? Like, that's what, you, and you didn't get that. And you want that and you expect it and you kind of you kind of look for New Japan and it doesn't happen. And, and it really was deflating when it's all done. So this is definitely a match that I think improves tremendously in front of a crowd. With that said, I thought it was good. I didn't think it was great. And I think these two definitely do have a better match in them. And, and I'd like to see it happen in a big time show again. Yeah, um, I don't know. Maybe because I watched it and it was 87 degrees in my house and the repairman kept bugging me. <laughs> um, but maybe it's just because of my – I just – I have I struggle so hard to get into New Japan um, right now. But, I, you know, I watched a bunch of wrestling today. I had one notebook match and this wasn't it. Um, I thought it was a good match. I thought it they they didn't – fill the 36 minutes particularly well. Um, I thought it was the least interesting match that these two have had against each other by a mile. I thought that, um, you know, Shingo once lost to the money clip in a tremendous finish. And I don't think they teased the money clip finish hard enough. I mean, that's easy. That's a layup. 
He already beat the guy. Almost never. Yeah, I'm trying to remember in the match now if I they mean, did, and I they briefly kind of did, but I, I yeah, yeah not, I, no, not enough Shingo, to. Shingo scrambled to the ropes very quickly. Right, right. It wasn't really. It was really and, sunken in the middle of the ring, and you having thinking, oh my god, he's not going to get out of it. It was like, yeah, he said he he knew it was coming, and immediately got to the ropes and broke it up. So yeah. How do you not it. repeat the spot that ended the G1 match? You know what I mean. Like the one time the money clip was effective and worked and people were into it and you don't go back to that spot. That was weird. Um, I'm sure with a hot, vibrant mouth sounds crowd, I, I would have been a little more into it. But I, I had other issues with the match. Now, look, I, I don't think it was a bad match, but egregiously long cons- considering the way that they didn't fill the time. Um, man, I'd go like three and a quarter. Wow. Maybe three and maybe three and a half. I, I I didn't love the match at all. I thought it was a good match. I didn't even think it was a very good. I just thought it was a good match with two pros who were like, we gotta somehow fill 36 and they couldn't figure out how. I mean, I thought this was the least interesting big shingle match this year by far. I thought it was the least interesting match between these two. Um I thought they worked hard. This wasn't like a G1 Okada performance. He bumped all over the place. He worked. Yeah, he hard. took a lot of he took a lot of big bumps, as, as I would say. It, that wasn't was, my issue. Right. My issue was Matt just the match was kind of dull. And yeah, maybe the stress of my day had something to do with it. But then again, I don't see tremendous reviews for this. No, match I was going to say, like, I, I've seen very few people say that it's like, oh, five stars, incredible. And that was a lot of that was like in the moment and people that I was following on Twitter as, as I was kind of watching it live. But very little did you, you know, as we've kind of, you know, gone now, it's been, you know, a, a, a three, four or five days or whatever. I've seen a lot of four, you know, four and a half, four and a quarter. I mean, and that's kind of I'm at I'm at four and a quarter. Like I'm not I'm not really like throwing roses on this thing either. But yeah, it's it you you don't see what you would expect, you, you know, from this big coronation, this big match, and what Shingo's been doing this entire year, which has been pretty much universally loved by by most people uh, that 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 really truly enjoy New Japan Pro Wrestling and 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 really you know uh, have an open mind to it. Like people have absolutely loved everything that Shingo's done this year. So. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't on that level. It definitely, like I said, it, it feels like the lesser of a lot of Shingo's uh, big time matches this year. And I, again, like I don't know if that's just because Shingo's had a tremendous run. For me, I think it's more because Shingo's had a tremendous run this year. You seem to be more that you know, even in a vacuum, you don't think that this match was was all that tremendous. Whether or not Shingo's had it, you know, without the context of Shingo's incredible year that he's had. No, no, no. Look, no, no. I just didn't. The match never grabbed me, and. I just think, okay, a lot of times, let me put it to you this way. Here's another good point I want to make. A lot of times people, a constant critique of Okada is he does nothing for the first two-thirds of the match. And I almost never agree with it. This time I agree with it. They did nothing the first two-thirds of this match. Um, Very lazily worked for the first two-thirds, I thought. And lazy from the perspective of doing shit that built towards the finish. I don't think they did at all. I mean, there was a lot of lazy holds and things like that. Now, when they went into uh, transition spots and high spots and things like that, they worked hard. They took big bumps. So I don't mean lazy from the perspective of we'll talk about people who were lazy later on this show. Um, But I thought match structure wise, it wasn't you expect better out of these two. Um, I don't know. I just didn't love the match. I I don't know how else to put it. You know, I thought it was a nice little three and a half star world title match that greatly. underwhelmed to my expectations 
I guess I'll wrap it up with that. There you go. So there uh, we we got Shingo and uh, and Okada. Uh, as we said, Kotobushi comes down after uh, challenges Shingo. Uh, so that match presumably happening at some point very soon. I don't know if they made it official or the date. I, I, I maybe they did, and I don't even know. But anyway, that's uh, I, I thought I always kind of thought that was going to be the feud a long time ago as well. Because if you remember, uh, Kotobushi was was doing commentary for for a bunch of shows, and Shingo would come down and talk shit to him, and they felt like that was the way they were going to go. Uh, and then they obviously went in the Will uh, direction as well. But now we are getting to the Kota. Uh, shingle match uh, hey look soon, will so. going home could have really fucked everything up they wanted to do we don't who knows yeah yeah it could have they, they they may have had to rip everything up that they had and and, and they probably did i mean he was i'm i'm sure he, i mean he was the fucking champion when he left i'm sure he was in the mix for something and and if you know presumably he's not backed by g1 i mean you got to rip the whole g1 up too i mean that just changes everything up to russell kingdom yeah, so whatever yeah. he had planned for that yeah whatever big outcomes that osprey's matches that his important matches were going to have to lead to other things, you have to throw them out the window. Yeah, it's a total mess. Um, he'll probably come back before he should, just knowing his mindset. The next big thing to see is the next time Rev Pro runs a show because allegedly he's going to make a statement. So we'll see what's going because he's remember he's got that title, then they have to deal with that. So um, they put out that tweet a few weeks ago. So he'll. He'll make some kind of statement on the next Rev show and decide what he's doing with that version of the world title. And then that'll give us more of a clue in terms of timeline when they when New Japan could potentially get him back. Yeah. But he keeps saying, oh, I'm going to be back before the end of the year. I'm going to be back before the end of the year. I mean, he's just got that wrestler psychopath mindset. He'll probably come back way before he should. And um, he probably, I would suspect, because isn't the G1 pushed back anyway because the Olympics? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure this year. Yeah, I, I don't. Well, I know obviously it was last year because the, I, I think it is this year. But I'm honestly, I, me and the New Japan schedule have uh, have not the been in sync room, this year. The chat so. room, will, the chat room when they hear this will yeah. give us the answer quickly. But especially if the G1 is pushed back, because if it is, then that's going to be his goal, I would think. And. Um, you know, new and new Japan from a booking perspective will breathe a sigh of relief because then whatever stories they were going to tell with him and everybody else in the G1, they could still tell if he makes it back for that. I'm still stalling and no one's answering. So, yeah. so I, I, I'd imagine it would be because of the Olympics, but uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, I know that everything got changed last year for the Olympics, and I imagine. The same thing is going to happen this year where the venues that they want to run aren't going to be available and all yada yada and all that sort of stuff, but. Uh, I don't know if the Olympics are going to happen either. I think no matter what, the Japan's going to try to make them happen. But uh, yeah, that's a disaster too. So uh, keep an eye on that. So we're we're what five six weeks away from the Olympics, presumably starting. So, Ugh. yeah, gonna be fun. Well, I, you know, I'm kind of pumped about that Team USA baseball team. It looks fun. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it Todd Frazier at third base and. Uh, Homer Bailey. Uh, <laughs> it's, the just like, and- it's just funny because people are like, yeah, these guys kind of stink. And it's like, yeah, but like it's during the actual season. So it's got to be it's got to be guys that are not in the league anymore or recently released or but it, and it can't be like, you know, guys from five years ago because those dudes are not in shape anymore. They haven't done it like especially like I mean, baseball is a tough sport to not play for five years and then get back up and, and do it. So it's got to be like your recently cast off guys and, you know, they have to be Americans. And that's like where people are like, oh, man, that guy sucks. And it's like, I mean, there's not a whole lot of like, you know. Real, you real, think you were gonna get the right. There's not like a ton of great American players that are you know recently you know retired or not on teams. Like, I'm like, who, I mean, who do these you are want? Guys who, 
these are guys. These are a lot of these guys played last year and played pretty okay. I mean, what do you want? You got major leaguers who did pretty okay last year. It's not you know you could do yeah, a lot the top, worse. Well, the Todd Father. I didn't even know Todd Frazier was on a team this year. He was where was he? he played, this year? Yeah, he was just on the Pirates. This the Pirates. Year. That's it. Yeah, he was talking shit about the because uh, he got released and and I remember. Did you see that? Like some uh, one of the Pirates radio guys was like, ah, you know, what a waste of money. Would have hooked up somewhere else, but they chose not to sign with other teams because they they chose to play on the Olympic team. What you basically have is a bunch of rich guys who made their money already, who are living out their Olympic dream. Yeah. Which is cool. That's basically. You have. Yeah. Which rules. That's I, I, I love it. I, I, I'm an unabashed Olympics fan. I mean, I don't like the asset. Like I'm, I don't want my city to host the Olympics. I don't really want to pay the IOC and I got to get all that sort of stuff, but goddamn, I love watching the Olympics. So, so, um, you know, that's going to be fun. And there, there's also some minor leaguers on the team that teams have allowed to do it. They're like, okay, Go play in the Olympics. That's fine, and then come back when the Olympics are over. So it's not just a team of scrubs. You know, there's some high level minor leaguers, and well, I shouldn't say high level. There's no top prospects playing on this right. team. But there's they're they're as high as they are for the team to say we don't really care. Go play in the Olympics, which means they're not that high. But yeah, there's some mid level prospects and some guys who played in the majors as recently as a couple weeks ago. And like you said, what that's the best you're gonna do under these circumstances. We're in the middle of the fucking season. Who do you think's gonna play in this thing? It's either that or college kids. Yeah, this I'd team rather would be this. better than the college kids. Absolutely, I, I, I definitely rather have this. Yeah, I, I, I'm an unabashed Olympics fan. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I was really looking forward to. Three on three basketball was a thing this year for the first time. Yeah. Uh, and uh, did you? See, I, I, I linked the story in the in the Slack. I don't know if you saw it, but they uh, the Red Bull and a bunch of other sponsors get, bought this giant mansion in Beverly Hills or, or somewhere in LA. For the, the the USA three on three team to tra- live together and train together, uh, they were ex NBA or they were ex college guys too. Hold on, let me let me get. Do, did you see these guys at all? Was it Robbie Hummel? Robbie Hummel was one of them. Yeah, and the other guy was uh, the the grandson or the of something of Rick Barry. I, I forget. I forget if he was a yeah. Brent or a, a John Barry son. But like, yeah, it was like a really really cool. Like they got this team together. They put him in this uh, you know mansion. And it's like it's America. You know, it's a different game three on three. But hell, it's still American. You know, basketball players and we own the sport and yada yada. And they fucking lost in the qualifying tournament. I was like, yeah, God damn yeah. it! It's like Jesus Christ. Like, well, Robbie Hummel is most famous for tearing his ACL two years in a row at Purdue. Yes, yeah. And, uh, one of those years, he did it at the Midnight Madness practice doing a dunk contest. So uh, that wasn't uh, that was ill advised <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah. He was a real NBA prospect. He ended up playing in the NBA anyway. Yeah, yeah, he got he got a little run. Yeah, not not too much, but enough. But he was a real NBA prospect before he blew out both of his knees in back to back years. And just the fact he made it all the way to the NBA anyway, you know, tells you how highly regarded he was. But that was like a decade ago. I can't imagine what a modern day Robbie Hummel looks like today. <laughs> he looked like he was keeping himself in some decent shape. But uh, yeah. you watched some of it. Uh, I watched a little bit of it. Yeah, and they were not. Uh, they were not great. And I was a little disappointed. I'm like, come on! Like this is the best three guys we could find. Like, was, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, where did they dig up Robbie Hummel? I, mean, I know. Like, they... you can just like. I feel like you can find three decent guys to play basketball in the country of America like that aren't Robbie Hummel. Like, I don't know. Right. I, yeah, it's right. just like, you know, no offense to Robbie Hummel, but like. I've got an idea. 
How about the last three cuts for the actual U.S. men's Olympic basketball <laughs> Right, game? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like something right? like How that. About- <laughs> or, or, I mean, hell, there's that fucking big th- Ice Cube's big three league. I mean, you could. Yeah. I mean, those are all old guys, but a few of those dudes can play. And, and there's there's tournaments all over the place. There's AAU. There's guys that are playing in Europe and stuff. <laughs> we can we can find real guys. But... Probably love the chance. Look, your Todd Frazier NBA equivalents would probably love to do yeah, something. Yeah, and those like guys that. are in the prime of their careers and ready to go. But uh Right. They chose Robbie Hummel, the grandson of Rick Barry, and some other guys, and they lost. So, but uh, I'm still excited to watch some three on three basketball, though. So, yeah, I'm an unabashed Olympics fan, and I don't have to. uh, I mean, when that shit's on, it's perfect. Because, like, you know how, like, we always talk about when just loving putting a game on, even if it's not like something you care about or a team. Like, some people are like, I only watch my teams, or I only watch this sport. Like, I'm a big fan. Like, I was watching college baseball this all weekend. For no, I mean, I have no affinity for any of these teams. I don't care. But you know. I turned it on, college baseball was on, I was like, all right, cool. South Alabama versus, versus fucking, uh, you know, Liberty. All right, let's do it. Like, let's go. So. And the best thing about Olympics on the other side of the globe is there's live actual sports on it. Like Anytime you want. You're like, fuck, I'll watch fencing. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And then, you know, they do a good job of telling you about fencing. You learn about some of the, you know, yeah. There's, there, any, any of those sports is pretty fun. There, there's some fucking luge going on at any point. You know, if you're watching the Winter Olympics, there's biking. going. I mean, there's so much stuff going on with the Olympics. I, I'm a big fan, so. Other than the disastrous, uh, you know, especially this year in particular going on in Japan. But hey, not my problem. Uh, all right, let's talk about the other uh, uh, stuff on Dominion. Uh, you watch the entire show. I watch the entire show. We had the opener, Bullet Club, Chase Owens, El Phantasmal, Evil, and Taiji Ishimori, and Yujiro Takahashi defeating the Chaos team of Hiroki Goto's show, Tomori Ushii and Yoshihashi. And they brought Hiroshi Tanahashi along for the ride. This is 11 minutes show, and I have nothing to say. <laughs> Take it away. <laughs> Well, it's just a post-match beatdown sets up the next never open weight six-man challengers. That's all. That's the takeaway here. So um, it looks like some Bullet Club combination will be next in line. Yeah, well, we actually have. We have that exact uh, match. I'll I'll mention it here in a little bit with the Kazuma Road. I think they made that official. So there you go. So what is it? What's the match? Uh, It's going to be Yoshihashi, Tomoro Ishii, and Hiroki Goto versus, and this is why I mentioned uh, I put the note about evil, evil Yujiro and Dick Togo. What a fucking oh, I did trio. Yeah, it's Jesus Christ. But, but it's like I always say about these titles. I don't care. Yeah. Like th- these titles should be wacky combinations. It, it has never bothered me. I wish they weren't bad combinations, um, though. That sounds horrendous. It is horrendous. This might be the worst team to, to ever challenge for him. But and that's saying yeah, a lot. Wacky was like the Kojima, Ricochet, Matt Seidel. You know, that, that unit yeah, yeah, was. Yeah. yeah, like that I like. Or even Yoshiashi Ishingoto is wacky. Uh, this is just. Fucking putrid. Evil you no, drove ter- Listen, go. Yeah. I want to be clear. It's a terrible fucking team, but I also don't care. Yeah. Like yeah, it, yeah. It, it's like and I really don't look, especially with the state of their roster, I mean you gotta cut them a break. <laughs> yeah, you when, know what I mean? like, they're they're on their last legs here in terms of having no, and this card is very notable for uh, who was not on the show or, or nowhere to be found in the show as well. So you know what I'd like you know who I'd like to see challenge for those titles? Togo, Gato, and Jado. Oh, that's yes. Now, see, now I'm in. Get Evil and Yujiro's cool broke asses out of there. I want old school. Yeah, that that's up my alley. Gato, Jado, and Dick Togo. That fucking rules. And they yeah. could throw it back too. You know, what I mean, you could get a quarter zone shot in Jado. Maybe get him going. I don't know. Yeah, you can you can get Dick Togo. I think Dick Togo and Goto could go for one. But Dick Togo can still go. Yeah, he can go, and, and Gato can. Gato is fine. Yeah. yeah, you got to give a little quarter zone shot to Jado, but honestly, you don't even need Jado. He can come in. It's a six man match. Right, you take right, it right. twice. You know, so I mean that that'd be a wacky. Yeah, they got a main event. Match. They got a main event. Some talent with that one. Go go to some old uh, 
you go to some old Michinoku Pro Town or something like that and do it. So yeah, that'd be tight. Yeah, actually, that sounds incredible. But uh, alas, all right, we'll move on now. Uh, Bushi, Sonata, and Naito defeat the Suzuki Goon team of uh, Doki. Uh, Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. And as we kind of predicted last week, and, and we're hopefully we're saying, eh, we might be right about this, but we'll see. Uh, it does appear that Sonata and Naito are going for the tag team titles because they had a little stare down after this match as well. So Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. versus Sonata and Tatsuya Naito happening presumably uh, pretty soon. And I'm all for it. We have been screaming as long as this podcast has existed. We've been saying, do this with the tag teams. Instead of just using the same four tag teams, the same two tag teams over and over and over again, guys, main eventers that aren't doing anything, put them in a team. Have them go for those titles. Maybe they win them. Maybe they don't. Hell, if they win them, you go on a fun little run with them. You draw some houses with them. You do whatever. Uh, and it appears that they are at least going in that direction temporarily here uh, with Sonata and Naito going after the titles of, of Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. I'm in for it. I enjoy it. Yeah, I'm all about this. This is good. You know, not doing anything with Naito anyway. Yeah. This is something semi-important. Well, it is important. It's tag team titles. Yeah, you make them uh, important. I mean, fuck, you make them important. If Tatsuya Naito holds them, they're important. So A lot of the Gaijins are going home. And won't be on the next tour, so you don't have God in the picture anyway, and and that really needed a change up. Any you know, regardless, so it's a fresh match. Yeah, yeah, I have no problem with this. No rules. Uh, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Title Match. You mentioned this one a little bit earlier. El Desperado defeats Yo. Twenty three minutes and forty seconds, Joe. I know that you did not like this. You talked about it a little bit earlier. I enjoyed this match in the context of I really just wish it was like 15 minutes long and not 23 minutes long. There was a long stretch of time where they are clearly just filling time, clearly just, you know, going through the motions here. Not a lot of effort going in here. And there was points where I enjoyed this match. There was parts that I really, really liked about it. Just in no universe did this need to go 23 minutes and 40 seconds. It absolutely, and multiple times, took me out of it. And by the end, I was just kind of ready for it to be over, which which stunk. Because there was parts that I enjoyed. And there was aspects of it that I enjoyed. But goddamn, 23 minutes and 40 seconds. Uh, yeah, again, you, you know, maybe the circumstances I watched it in, but I couldn't get into this at all. I thought it was dull. I thought it was dull as dirt. Um, I'm not a big Yo fan to begin with. See, I, th- I thought he was wrestler. okay here. I-, I thought he wasn't bad. I mean, he's never bad. I just not, I'm just not a big fan of his as a singles guy. Um, I don't know. It just it didn't do much for me. Maybe like a three star match, a long three star match. I-, I don't know. I just I don't even have any thoughts on it. I just, yeah, I, I, I the things I would say is I, I think Desperado's offense was was really good in this. I think Yo did a really good job of selling. Uh, as well. Yo's offense is always tough, and there were large parts of this match where he's putting offense on Desperado, and he, he hasn't quite gotten that yet, and that's something that Sho blows him away in. I think Sho's offense is, is, is pretty damn good. Uh, Yo has never quite gotten to that level for him. Yo does a great job of selling, and Yo does a great job of kind of working underneath and that sort of stuff, and and, and when he was doing that in this match, I enjoyed it because Desperado was so good at being on offense, but uh, yeah, there were large portions of this match where Yo's got offense on Desperado that were just boring as all to, as sin you know where they're just he's sitting in a lay grapevine and just rearing it in and rearing it in and rearing it in and it's like all right we get it like let's go next move like let's let's move it on here and it's like five minutes of like you know rearing in this leg hold and it's just like oh my god let's go so that is my biggest complaint is it just it was just egregiously long uh and, and even the parts there, there were multiple parts that were pretty boring as well so yeah I, i'm i liked it a little bit more but i'm, I'm honestly like three and a half three and three quarters you know what i mean i i, I didn't love it so you know what's surprising to me? I'm looking at Grapple, and Okada Shingo is sitting at an even four and a half. I, I got to be honest. I don't think anyone in our Slack went that high. I don't think 
I didn't see many people go with that, and that's the average right now. Right, I think I'm Jer- Jerry, who that. did the review for our website, I think she went four and a half. I want to say, but let me let me clarify that just to make sure. So that would be, okay. um, like I said, in that moment, I saw a lot of people giving ratings. Yeah, she went four and a half with it. So all right, maybe I'm out to lunch with what people thought of it. Well, then, what, what's I, been interesting is in the mo- and that's why I said like as I was watching it live with people, it was like oh five four 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 and a half four, and then like, but the people that have watched it like a day after. That maybe were spoiled or why those people have all been kind of more on your end, not not necessarily as low as you are, but more just like, ah, it was good, but eh, whatever, you know, it like eh, four, you know, eh, it was OK. So I, I wonder if there was something about like the, the excitement of watching it live or the shock of it live, you know, versus people that, that presumably watched it spoiled or knew what was happening and then went back and watched it. I, I don't know. That, that's it's interesting. Uh, Kotobushi, Jeff Cobb. Now this. So if you hated this match, then it was officially. Your, your air conditioning and, and the sand and the dishwasher because this fucking rocked. This is 15 minutes of Jeff Cobb beating the fuck out of Kota Ibushi, 15 minutes of Kota Ibushi coming back and beating the fuck out of Jeff Cobb, and these two dudes worked their asses off. I love this match. I told you I had one notebook match. Oh, this was it. I'm glad. I was like, all right. So now, okay. You just did, it, was not, it was not the air conditioning. Hold on. Oh, is it not this? Come on. What are you doing? It was not this. Oh, my God. Nah, I go like three and a quarter. Oh, something. you stink. I couldn't get into it. I couldn't get into oh, anything okay. on this oh, show. All right. You're done then. You should have turned it off and, and you're nuts. This match I didn't hate it. I mean, I thought it was a good match. I thought, uh, look, I, it was a good little match. They beat the fuck I, out I, of each other. Come on. I expected better after the build. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Again, maybe my circumstances really <laughs> I think, hurt I my think they did. Better. Yeah, this, this, this is a Joe Lanza match. So I, I'm a little surprised about that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't hate it. I mean... This is the classic, you're framing it like I hate it. I hate <laughs> right, right, it. Right, 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 right. Like, I'm not sitting here telling you it's bad. Look, there's some bad matches we're going to talk about. Oh, yes. In, uh, in, you know, in a few minutes here. This is not one of them. Um, but no, I didn't love this match. I didn't think it was a great match. And it, it, and it didn't hit my expectation levels either. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but you, you know, you liked it. So I liked you talked. Yeah, it. no, I thought it was I great. I guess you did already. Yeah, but, they beat the fuck out of each other. It was great. Um, I, think, I think Cobb. We talked about it when when Kaba first got in the company, and he was kind of the smiling, you know, guy. And it just it, it didn't work, and they they figured it out with Cobb. They have figured out that he just and and maybe it's just a confidence thing with him. Maybe it's just the, them telling him, "Hey, go out there and just beat the fuck out of these guys. Who cares?" And that's always we've we've mentioned that being an issue with Cobb everywhere is that this guy. I think he might be like he might be fearful of how strong he is and fearful of how you know what he can do because he always i mean you he works very light when, when you watch him live like he is not a dude that really projects as like a badass but i'm seeing it more and more in new japan and particularly in this match with a psychopath like kota bushi i thought kota just went out there and said fuck man just beat the hell out of me beat me up do whatever you need to do and it feels like Cobb has been doing that as of late uh in new japan so I, i'm starting to really get behind him because there was a long period of time where we went on the show and it was last g1 or a few g1s ago remember we were talking about like man this guy is just he might not be you know new japan material and 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 he's there now i think he he's figured it out he's figured out his style he's figured out what to do uh and, and this might be the perfect company for him where, where they don't care if you drop a guy in his head every so often they don't care if you stiff a guy every so often because that is where Cobb can really set himself apart because he is like that strong he is like legitimately a, 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 a absolutely gigantic human being and a very, very strong human being, and, and being able to use that positively uh, will go a long way for him in New Japan. So, so I liked it. I, I thought it was pretty damn good, and, and particularly Cobb, I was impressed by in this match. So, 
All right, and that is uh, Dominion. So let's uh, quickly go over this Kazuna Road Tour. So it kicks off on June 14th. We don't have all the matches, but we do have a few things that have been announced. As I mentioned, that Never Six Man on June 22nd. Uh, Yoshiyashi, Ishii, and Goto uh, versus Evil, Yudro, and Dick Togo. Uh, June 23rd, you got Rapungi 3K, Show and Yo versus Taiji Ishimori and El Phantasmo. They did build that a little bit as well in Dominion. We forgot to mention that one, but uh, uh, you got that. But the exciting news, Joe, the one I am happy about, and I think you're probably happy about as well, they announced that during the Kazuna Road Tour, Young Lions, Yotasuji, and Yuya Uemura are undergoing singles gauntlets. Yes, I love these. They're always great. June 14th, Uemura versus Suzuki. Suji versus Tanahashi. June 15th, Uemura versus Zack Sabre Jr. Suji versus Taichi. June 16th, Uemura versus Tanahashi. Suji versus Okada. June 22nd, Uemura versus Taiji. Suji versus Zack Sabre Jr. And then finally, June 23rd, Suji versus Okan. And Uemura versus Abushi. Obu- uh, I mean, that, I love these singles gauntlets. I love when companies do this. And these look like some really fun matchups. I cannot. Uemura versus Abushi, Uemura versus Suzuki, Uemura versus Tanahashi. I'm in for all those. Those sound great. Suji versus Okada sounds fantastic uh, as well. I, I love these and I cannot wait to watch these matches. Yeah, no, they, they, this is a good hook for me. I enjoy this too. Um, it's, uh, they're getting creative with the small roster again. And this is something creative and fun. And they're not taking on, there's some crossover of the same opponents, but it's not the same five opponents either. Yeah, like Okada like, only has, you know, Okada's only going to be against Suji and not against Uemura. Tanahashi will be against both guys. Zach will be against both guys. Like, uh, Minoru Suzuki will not be against Suji, but only against Uemura. So yeah, there's some cool stuff. Okan getting in there against Suji, but not Uemura. So yeah, there's some fun, interesting stuff there. And Abushi Uemura is the other unique one. Oh yeah, yeah, so. right, right. That's that's that makes it a lot of fun too, and we get to see the big stars wrestle these young lions, and um, you know these, these these are this is fun because remember Tanahashi had that match against Okada before Okada went on excursion. Yeah, oh yeah, these are always great, I and mean, these are things that they will use forever. The matches, and and this is something that we we love about New Japan. The reason why we you know this podcast fell in love with New Japan and and, and talked about it primarily for years and years and years is that these results matter. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're going to, ma- they will be used in stories. They'll be used as, 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 as defining things. They're, they're probably going to lose every one of these. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe one guy gets an upset against one guy. I oh, hear come there. on, man. They're losing them. All. <laughs> <laughs> Who are they beating? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, um, let's see here. Yeah. No, there, every there. now and then somebody on a trial series will win a match. Like, yeah, not, I, the only one I could see, is if you wanted to sell the Okada still kind of working through the injuries thing to Suji, you got that. And then maybe, but probably not Suji versus Okan, but that's probably not happening either. So Somebody in Noah, and I can't remember who, beat Juventud Guerrera, and it was the only win they got <laughs> in their trial series. And I can't fucking remember who it was. And it's going to bug me. Was it, was it Kenta? Can you look that up? I real will quick? look it up. Yeah, yeah. Let's look up Juventud Guerrera. Does Kenta line up time wise? I think it. Does. See, I don't remember when Juventud was in Noah. Actually, to be honest, so that I'm, I'm a bad person to ask about that. I, I I always kind of forget that he was ever in Noah. To be honest, so uh, let's see here. Promising Noah. Uh, yeah, Kenta first trial. Kenta defeats Juventud Guerrero. Good memory there. Yeah, and he January, lost all the other ones. January 17th, uh, 2004. And yes, I believe he did lose all the other ones as well. So, so but by two, but here's the thing. 
by 2004, he was already like a tag star, Kenta. Right, right, right. So that one's a little different. This isn't a guy – like he had already won titles by 2004. So that's not a true – like when Dragon Gate does these or New Japan, typically the guy is, is still a rookie or a young lion. And Kenta really wasn't at that point. Yeah, but I, think I don't. What I'm guessing is, in looking at the booking of this, I believe this was kind of his ascension to becoming a single star. Yeah, because the way it was. It, yeah, the way it goes is, you know, he gets it's it's Kenta first trial, he beats Hooven to Guerrero. Mm-hmm. Kenta second trial, he's against Ogawa, he loses to Ogawa. Yeah. Kenta third trial, he loses to Junakiyama, and the guys keep getting yeah. better and better, and better. Fourth trial, Takiyama, he loses to Takiyama. Well, the key is they're all heavyweights, too. right? Fifth trial, he loses to Masawa. Oh, yeah, he's not beating these people. Yeah, sixth trial, Kenta Kobashi, and then finally the seventh trial, Marifuji, which is interesting. So that, that you know, they, they like you said, were kind of linked up at that Tag point partner. as well. So, yeah. yeah. And, and Marifuji got pushed before Kenta. Right, so that was kind of the, okay, Marifuji is, is, is a little bit above you. Like, you've had your little trial, yes. it's fun, but yeah. Marifuji beat you, and, and now it's, you know. So he beat the foreign junior, got fucking destroyed by all the top guys. Yes. And then... The big, the, the big climax was Marafuji. Um, but yeah, again, that one again is a little different because this was a guy who was a pushed wrestler at this point, but he wasn't ever beating those heavyweight stars. Um, that th- th- you said Takiyama, right? Uh, correct. Yep. I think that's the match where Takiyama really fucks him up real bad. I, I it, may, it may be a different match because this is like 15 years ago, 16 years ago, 17 years ago. So it's hard to remember, but there's one match where Takayama just beats the living shit out of him. And it would make sense if it was during one of these trial series deals where they're testing him. Um, but yeah, I, I remember that him beating Guerrera. There's other examples, too, of guys winning a match or two against other, you know, like prelim level guys. But none of these dudes are winning any of these matches. I mean, they have zero percent chance. I know I just said that about Shingo last week, but <laughs> let me dream. Let me dream, goddamn it! But yeah, I can't. Uh, every other guy is either going for a title or, or the top guy. So yeah, I, I, I doubt it. The only, like I said, Suji versus Okada, maybe, it, probably not. I'd put it at like a twenty percent chance, but I could see if you really, really wanted to sell. And Okada loves selling like the I'm in the doldrums or I, you know, I'm, I'm on a losing streak type thing. Uh, so that's a possibility, but probably not. And then Ocon, maybe, but I don't think they would have Ocon lose at this point. So, no, 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 no. Ocon is not losing this. Zero percent. Not. I'm giving it a one percent chance. How about that? Uh, no, it's zero. It's zero. It's definitely zero. Yeah, it's definitely. Yeah. All right. So that is uh, New Japan. Uh, we're gonna get into Cyber Fight here in a moment. I do want to let you know that this episode of the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast is also. Brought to you by our friends at Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you, Joe, the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide, and we have an exclusive offer for our listeners. 20% off, plus free shipping with the code FLAGSHIP at Manscaped.com. So, again, that has changed. We had previous Manscaped ads they were not flagship. This is a new one. 20% off plus free shipping with the code flagship at manscaped.com. Uh, Manscaped obviously hooked us up with the perfect package 3.0, including the best ball hair trimmer ever, the Lawnmower 3.0, their third generation trimmer that features cutting edge ceramic blade, reduces grooming accidents. 
thanks to the advanced skin safe technology. In addition, this trimmer comes with the advanced LED light that we, you and I both enjoy a lot for a more precise shave. Also, it is waterproof, so you can make your shower shave clean and easy. Uh, the Lawnmower 3.0 comes inside, again, as we said, that perfect package 3.0 with everything you need. To keep trimmed, cut free, and smelling nice down there. The crop preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant, and moisturizer. Uh, all the other good stuff there. Uh, the crop reviver. You use that with the crop preserver. Keep your balls from sweating, smelling, or sticking. Uh, Manscaped also throws in two free gifts in the perfect package. A pair of high-performance Manscaped boxer briefs that I'm literally wearing uh, as we speak. They'll keep your junk fresh all day as well as a travel bag to store all of your grooming goodies. So again, get 20% off plus free shipping with the code flagship at manscaped.com. Once again, 20% off plus free shipping with the code flagship at manscaped.com. Once again, 20% off free shipping with the code flagship. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right. Thank you, Manscaped, for uh, helping sponsor this week's show. All right, let's get to the Cyber Fight Festival. Joe, you watched all eight hours of it uh, in preparation for the show. Is that correct? I wouldn't watch some of this shit. <laughs> you're not so. watching. You, so you're telling me, Joe, you call yourself a professional. You did not watch the delayed entry pre-show Battle Royal won by Antonio Honda? I will never watch an Antonio <laughs> Honda match. Just like I will never step foot on the beach, I will never watch an Antonio Honda match for the rest of my life. Same thing with Dino. I will never watch another Dino match uh, for the entirety of my existence. So uh, that knocks two of these out. So uh, I'm not watching any Joshi. Not doing it. Um, Not a world I want to be a part of. I've dabbled in it. I came away less than impressed, so I'm going to continue to hand wave to Joshi. But uh, there was some stuff I watched here. Yeah. So I watched the final four matches uh, of the show. I do plan on watching a little bit. I, I kind of like the presentation of what they did. And there's some matches that that seem semi interesting to me. So I'm planning over the course of the next week, you know, kind of watching this entire thing. Uh, but but for the purposes of this show, I watched the last four matches. Uh, what did you see of, of of the final half of the show? Top two. You saw a top two. Okay, cool. So I will quickly go over. I will recommend if you want to go out of your way to definitely watch the uh, Takashita Uno. Uh, versus Kiyomiya Inamura match. Really good stuff here. 17 minutes. It's a little long, a little long, uh, but I thought the action was really good. Takashita and, and, and Kiyomiya had some really, really cool interactions uh, that I think you'll like. Uh, I thought it was interesting that the uh, the DDT team got the win there uh, over Kiyomiya and, and, and Inamura. But uh, yeah, definitely, if you get a chance, Joe, go out of your way, watch this one. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, I, I think you'll get enough out of it. They, they're really hard hitting, really good action. Uh, a bunch of like kind of young prospects or guys that are, that, that are in the peak of their game. Um, so yeah, I, I think you will like that match, but, uh, you know, if, if you're pressed for time, I get it, but, uh, I think you'll enjoy that one as, as far as I can, uh, plan on watching that match. And I may actually make that the fifth match. It's not a bad idea. I think it's a Joe Lanza match for sure. I think, I think you'll enjoy yeah. it. So maybe, maybe that's not a bad idea for your fifth match, uh, for the, the Lanza reviews. So, uh, I also watched the princess of princess title match, uh, Yamashita versus, uh, Yuka Sakazaki. You're not talking me into this. I'm I not. I, no, I, I'm, and I'm not going to try to because this, I liked this match, but it was a little sloppy for me. Uh, it was a little, there was just points in this match where it felt like someone was kind of waiting for the other person to do a move to them and stuff like that kind of took me out of the match a little bit. It was hard hitting. There was a lot of points that were really hard hitting. Uh, it's not going to, I'm not going to talk you into it. Cause I don't think it's one that, that is definitively a great match. Uh, I have seen some people that really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was good, uh, but not great. Uh, definitely. I, I wouldn't say go out of your way to watch it. I would say if you get a chance, I can I give you this at least I'm not telling you to invest 16 minutes of your time. Can you at least watch the last minute and the, and the, and the post match of this? 
Ugh, when you right. when you go when you go and watch the tag team, that's all I'm gonna say. I'm not gonna tell you what happens. I just want to tell you and everybody that's listening, go watch the last minute of this match and then lost the post match. Are these skirt wearing idols? Uh what do you think what what are genie pants? <laughs> oh wait, is this the magical girl? Yeah. Oh, get lost. I'm not watching this shit. <laughs> Damn it. I didn't realize it was the magical girl. No, no yeah, yeah, spins. Mio Yamashita, the- she does she just wears tights, so she's just wearing normal stuff, but it is it yeah. is Yuka Sakazaki. It is the magical girl. So. Oh, I didn't even pick up on that. I just I just blocked it out because it was the Joshi match. Oh, no, Rich, come on, man. I really got to watch the last minute of this? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think you do. Don't you know how annoyed I get with the magical girl? I know, I'm just, I mean, I'm just telling you. One. One minute. All right. I just want one minute out of your time, if you can do that for me. Did she win the uh, Princess of Princesses uh, title? Here? She did not. Yuka Sakazaki did oh. not win the Princess of Princess title. So, unfortunately, no. they may be bringing her back to AEW, I guess. <laughs> magical <Maybe>. girl matches. <laughs> yeah. Okay. God, the magical girl. <laughs> <laughs> she should do a magic trick where she disappears. Oh, come on. Oh, she's magical all right. girl. Get out of here. You're, you're too harsh. You're too harsh on her. I don't. It's just those gimmicks. I can't take it's, it. There's I get it. I get it. About it. Well, I want I, my wrestlers I, to be tough. Well, that, mm, that's what I'm saying. Watch the final minute of this match. Okay. And the post match. Everyone you, does this, and I'm never I'm impressed. Te- okay. I am telling you. I, would, okay. I, don't, I don't steer you wrong, usually, in terms of the Joshi stuff. Because I don't watch much of it either. I, I, you said you wanted them to be tough, right? Watch the final minute and the post-match of this. I'm, does she I'm, get, okay, does she get stuffed back into the genie bottle? Because I would probably enjoy that. <laughs> sort of. Yeah, kind of. In a way. Like, if, if Miyu Yamashita here... Stuffed the magical girl back into the genie bottle. And well, they- I'll, I'll spoil it for you a little bit. She kicks the living shit out of her. Okay. So if you're if you're really not a fan of the magical girl, you might enjoy uh, Miyu Yamashita kicking the fuck out of her. Uh, so then okay. essentially then they, they get in, in the middle of the ring. They do kind of a respect thing where they get on both knees and they kind of like bow to each other. Uh, then Yuka Sakazaki slaps the living shit out of Yamashita, shoves her down and walks out of the ring. That sounds kind of cool, right? I, I listen. I know, I know, I know. How many times do I have to be told I'm gonna like some of this stuff, and then I never like any of it? Good, good a, a great response in the chat room. Matthew says, "Watch it with the repairman when he comes over." It's already he's not coming back. Oh, he's not coming back. Oh, all right. It's well, fixed. Maybe the dishwasher when the dishwasher guy comes to install. Well, what? No, you think I would ever let another living human? <laughs> Know that I'm watching the uh, uh, the magical girl. I mean, regular pro wrestling's humiliating enough. <laughs> what are they gonna think of a magical girl on the screen? They're gonna call the cops. So no, I won't be doing that. Okay, all right, that's fair. All right, so now we we'll move on to the final two matches. You and I saw both of these. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start you off here because I need to get something to drink because it is ungodly hot in this room. I imagine it's hot in your room uh, as well. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start you off here and then I'll be right back. Uh, it'll only take me about a minute. But uh, KOD open weight title match: Junakiyama versus Hiroshima. 18 minutes 53 seconds. Junakiyama retains the title by referee's decision. What do you think of this match? And what do you think of uh, Junakiyama here in the KOD open weight title match? That's my notebook match. There it is. All right. I agree. Great match. Yeah, I really enjoyed the hell out of this. I thought Junakiyama worked over Hiroshima like a fucking surgeon. I thought he was great in the match. I think that Junakiyama 
And uh, I do have to admit, I did not watch the Dino match because as stated earlier, I will never watch another uh, Dan Shoku Dino match for as long as I live. But I've seen the other three now. And basically, Junakiyama is having the title run that a lot of people have, are, have tried to convince themselves that Keiji Muto was having. Uh, this is a veteran wrestler, a star from another era, who can still go. Not just for a man that's 50, but can still go, period. Jun Akiyama, after a year or two off, is right back to being one of the 50 best pro wrestlers on the planet. And it's because of this push, and it's because of this title run. And I had some issues with the Higuchi match. I talked about them here. I didn't love the Higuchi match, but it had nothing to do with uh, with Akiyama's performance. He was very good in the match. He was awesome in this match against Hiroshima. He was uh, uh, the the title change with uh, Tetsuya Endo was an excellent match. I didn't watch the Dino match because it's Dino, but basically this title reign is what people desperately wanted the Muto title reign to be, in in a lot of ways. Right, you don't so, have to pretend that Jun Akiyama's good. You can actually, he's just actually good, so. No, this was, listen. And you don't have to th- give him, no, you know, extra credit because he's old. And, oh, well, he did something, but he's old, guys. So we got to, you know, it's bad, but he's old. It's like, oh, Jun Akiyama's old and he fucking rules still, so. Hey, you know, Hiroshima's 46 Yeah, himself. right. <laughs> no spring chicken it, himself, and he's still This match had great. a lot of parallels to the, to the Noah match. Right. It just didn't this stink. Was, yeah. But, the, yeah, this is, okay. This is uh, the, the, the uh, champion from another era who's still awesome, not just acceptable, but still yeah. a great wrestler. Still a top 50 pro wrestler in the world, yeah. And when you compare Hiroshima to Marafuji, you have the 46-year-old in this case is a guy who still cares and tries hard. Where Marafuji hasn't been a guy who has tried hard in at least a half a decade. you know. And a lot of that is his broken down body. And I've got no beef with Naomichi Marafuji, he's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. He's had, uh, you know, countless tremendous matches that I've enjoyed over the years. He's part of one of my favorite tag teams of all time. He's part of one of my uh, favorite singles rivalries of all time. I love the guy. I was there at the Manhattan Center when he farted during a match, and we all fucking laughed our asses off when he came to ROH and farted in the middle of the match. I mean, he's given me, he's even given me memories like that. I love the guy. But Hiroshima works circles around him these days. You know, and I watch Hiroshima maybe twice a year. Yeah, I always forget that he's as old as he was. And I think I listened to the English commentary on this. And they're like, yeah, he debuted in 2001. I'm like, oh, my God, you're right. He is, like, old as fuck. Jesus. He doesn't look it either. Yeah, yeah he doesn't look it. He doesn't act it. He doesn't work it. Yeah, it, it, yeah. We shouldn't, we shouldn't leave him out when we talk about good old wrestlers because he, he's tremendous still. Yeah, you forget about it. But look, he's starting to st- – look, in the face, he's finally starting to, sh- to A little, like yeah. A you're starting to get it a little bit. The eyes, the bags just- under the eyes are starting to yeah. – you know, yeah. He appears to be a man that doesn't get as, as much sleep as he, he maybe used to so or needs a little bit but more when, than he used to. So, But when he was 40, he looked 25, Hiroshima, you know. But no, this was a great match. I mean, Akiyama uh, really controlled – a large portion of it. He really took most of the match, which surprised me. And look, I, I don't follow DDT and I don't know the story coming in. I'm parachuting into the match. So I'm just watching this as a wrestling fan who is familiar with both wrestlers, has been watching both wrestlers for years, but has no idea what the story is coming in or anything. And I just love this as an isolated wrestling match in a vacuum. 
And uh, I thought the work was great. I thought, um, I think Akiyama has four matches now counting the title win in this run. And I thought this was his best bell to bell performance out of the three of the four that I've seen. And, um, you know, Harashima uh, sold very well. And, um, you know, the fit, you know, he gives him the exploder at the end. Like he, gave him gave him like four exploders. Yeah. Do you yeah, think that was kind of die. interesting? Yeah. He would, it was, it was kind of cool. Yeah. Like at a certain point, I was like, ah, like the third exploder, I was like, this is a little too much. Then the fourth, I was like, okay, never mind. This rules. <laughs> like, yeah. He would not die. And I don't mind that because Hiroshima in, the, in that DDT universe is, is, you know, the kind of guy that's going to stand up to this. Yeah. For sure. And, um, you know, so, um, but he obviously wasn't going to be the guy to dethrone this i wouldn't call akiyama an invader but he's definitely an outsider he's definitely has a feel of being an outsider um he's not an invader though he's part of the company we all you know but he definitely it's not a ddt guy you know um yeah this was uh this was the best match i watched today i really enjoyed the hell out of this um and i've i've really you know and i think that this akiyama title run is everything that people claim that the, the the everything that people have badly wanted the Muto one to be, and it just it, this is it. Like it's happening in front of you. It's just in DDT and not in Noah. Mm-hmm. You know. So yeah, I know. I really liked it a lot. I would go somewhere between four and a quarter and four and a half. Um, you know, the classic four and a third. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely go anywhere to watch this one for sure. I, I would say of the ones that I saw, uh, the tag that I mentioned, uh, the, 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 the Takashita. Uh, a tag that I mentioned is, is go out of your way to watch that one and, and definitely go out of your way to watch uh, the Zakiyama versus Hiroshima. But uh, fortunately, we have to talk about the main event here. GHC heavyweight title match. Naomi Chimirafuji defeats Keiji Muto to become the new GHC heavyweight champion. 23 minutes and 30 seconds. Um, that's weird, Joe, because I was... <laughs> it's, it's weird. When Keiji Muto won the title and you and I said, geez, that... I don't know. I don't really love this. I think it's you know, not really the guy that I would choose. We were told by every oh everybody, everybody that defended, oh, you idiots! It's so he can lose to Kiyomiya and pass the torch. And our retort always was, well, he had a chance. Kiyomiya had a chance to beat him, and he didn't. So why do you have to go through this whole title reign, this whole rigmarole? Why do you have to give the top title to Keiji Muto? Well, that's, I mean, they're going to sell tickets, and it's going to be a big moment. And then at the big, you know, he's going to sell a bunch of you know things, and then he's going to face Kiyomiya in a big moment. Kiyomiya is going to beat him, and then the torch will be passed to the next guy. So instead, we give the title to a broken down guy who hasn't been good in five years and has had the title a bunch of times. So that all worked. That was great. So, I mean, it probably doesn't want the title, no. but awesome. I mean, it's tremendous. look, they, they did it this way because they're stupid. Well, they're not good at booking. <laughs> they did it this way because because um, I was a bad booker, I think is, is what well, my answer would be. But Rich, all of these things are true, Rich, but they, they did it this way. Because I think on this big show, the big joint show, they figure it's going to get a lot of attention. Muto's on top. And the idea is it was two recognizable names. And, and, and Marafuji is, is the last remnants, the last remaining flame from the original Noah. And he's the one to, uh, to dethrone Muto on this huge show in Saitama Super Arena. You know, like if me or you were booking, it's a younger guy. You know, and you try to get him the rub or whatnot, but that you know that that hasn't been what this reign has been at all from the start. And I just they I think they felt like this was the biggest match they can do, and symbolically it was the Noah guy reclaiming Noah's prize from you know the guy that is most historically linked to New Japan. 
I think that was the thought process here. The biggest stars in the match on the biggest show. Um, look, I, I don't think... I don't think Kato Kiyomiya is dead. I don't think he can't be revived. I still think they're going to push him, ultimately. Um, you know, I don't obviously love that Muto beat him twice. That's my biggest gripe. I've said a million times, I don't care that he beat him once. But then when you go back to the well and do the title, uh, do the title shot, he beats him again? Okay, now what are we doing here? Right. Because in my view, even if Kiyomiya beats Muto now at some point, which is by no stretch a lock, who <laughs> Jesus, knows whether no Muto even is willing to lose to the guy? I don't know that Muto is willing to lose to the guy. But let's say that Kiyomiya does beat him at some point. Now he's not beating him for the title, number one. And I still don't think he, quote unquote, gets his heat back. No, he's Muto still he's still twice. two one. Yeah, he's still two one. Yeah, it's the one is fine, but you got to get that win back, and it's got to be a big moment. It's got to be a big thing if if he's going to get that win back. Yeah, you, you're, yeah, you know, it's 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 done. I mean, he's two and zero. Oh, you know what I mean? The, he, he he stepped up to the old guy twice, stepped up to the veteran twice, and got his ass beat down two times. You know, nothing nothing's going to change that. Like that happened already. That's too late. I, I, that's why I really didn't mind it happening the, the first loss because it was also a point in Kiyomiya's thing where he was kind of it was after his title reign and you know they're building them back up i really didn't mind once it's the second one that bugs me you know because it's even if he beats him now you can't get that heat it doesn't feel like he's getting his heat back so look kiyomiya is i want to get this right he's 24 so i mean you know he's definitely he's not dead you know he's not a guy that can't be now look be a top guy again, of course, and and I do think that they were doing a good job building him back up. Since oh, and he lost and the they still are. Yeah, if you watch the tag yeah. match, like he's a star in that tag match too. Yeah, and I think these beatings he's taking in the matches. He had that tag match a couple weeks ago where Sugera and Marafuji just maimed him. I mean, they just beat the living shit out of him. I think all of these things are good for him, and 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 his development. And rebuilding him, but you're never going to get me on board with losing to Muto twice being a good thing. It's not good. And I'm not saying it's going to kill him dead, but it doesn't help him. It does not help him. And it runs the risk of hurting him badly. Doesn't mean it will, but it runs the risk of hurting him badly. And it's just, I know it's different. It's nine owners ago and 150 bookers ago. I get it. But it's just funny how. This is the same company that saw this shit happen 15 years ago, and here we go again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I brought it up. I brought it up the second Muto one. I said this. It, it. I know it's not the same, and I know I maybe shouldn't make that connection, but I can't help but think, man, like this just feels exactly like when they just they couldn't pull the trigger on Kenta, they couldn't pull the trigger on Marufuji. They went back to the well again and again and again, and you know, four or five years later, they were in the doldrums where they were and, and, and to and their peril. Yeah, That's basically right. near death because they had no new stars, nobody new created. And they just kept going back to the old security blankets of of until they literally died. Like uh, uh, you know, unfortunately, not to make like light of it, but like literally just went to the same guys until one of the guys couldn't literally couldn't go anymore, and and, and Kobashi obviously couldn't go anymore, uh, and, and ended up having to, and, and they were left with nothing. They were left with absolutely nothing left, you know, of the company and no stars. And Kenta and Marufuji eventually got the reins, but 
nobody believed in them. Nobody believed in them. It was many, many years too late. So, and they may never have worked out anyway, for all we know. But by but the way they did it, no one believed in them as top guys. By the time they did have to turn to them because there was no other choice because of death and age and everything else. So it's just funny how it's like why would you know? It's the same. I know it's just the same company in name only. It's not the same company anymore. But it's just it's it's very ironic that you'd have Muto beat this guy twice. But it's whatever, and who knows? Maybe Kiyomiya can't even be a difference making star. We don't even know that for certain. Yeah, I don't know. I I mean, I just but, don't. I try. You know what I mean? Like especially you now, gotta I try mean, with someone. Yeah, you know, and this would be the year where I would. I mean, this and especially like you mentioned, I get the, I get how somebody would think. Okay, we're in the main event of this big time show or whatever. Uh, you know, let's put our two biggest stars that we have. The you know the 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 the. The candle holder for the previous Noah versus, you know, Mudo the legend. I get, I get it. I understand that. But, man, if I'm booking this, especially during COVID, especially during this year, I mean, that that's – I go the opposite. I go with, okay, we can fuck around a little bit here. We, we have a crowd already here. We have X amount of people here and uh, X percentage here or whatever. This is an opportunity to make a star. And that's, again, like – it was kind of, it's just like we, everybody told us, oh, well, you idiot, oh, guys, just come on, have some patience. Kiyomi is going to beat him, and that's, it's all about Kiyomi. It's all about Kiyomi. It's all about building for the future. Oh, now we're here. Kijimoto won yeah. and had a bunch of really shitty matches. The, 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 you know, the, the, the perception around this company has fallen tremendously from where it was last year. And now the title's on, you know, 45 or whatever the fuck year old Naomichi Mirafuji. So, all right. <laughs> like okay, like, what was it all for? I mean, what what did we accomplish over these last six months? What was the setup for this? Forty eight hundred sold, and five thousand or something. So sold uh, I'm not sure. Everything. Yeah, I think they sold just about everything. So beat a five thousand cap, right? Like everything. I don't. Right. I haven't followed that super closely. Um. Yeah, I don't know, but the this match, oh, this Muto Marafuji match. Was fucking atrocious. I mean, this was a horrendous wrestling match. I mean, it's terrible. But Joe, they're old, so you're not allowed um, to actually criticize old wrestlers. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think we are. Yeah, I no, I think we are too. Because we, <laughs> when they're, I, and that's the thing. Okay, because that's that's the retort when whenever Amudo has a fucking when he lays a fucking egg again in the ring and he's terrible is I don't care. He hit the moonsault is what I hear. Number one, which okay, cool, great. He could do that in an undercard six <laughs> Right. That's what I mean. Yeah, that's and that's that was gonna be my overall point is like I am not one of those people that is gonna criticize some undercard six man and it has old dudes in it. You know what I mean? I don't care. That's fine. And I'm not gonna criticize, you know, if Dory Funk is you'll you'll rag on Dory Funk or whatever, but at the end of the day, it's like what you know, I it's inoffensive. I don't really care all that much. Whatever. It's old a bunch of old dudes are in some undercard or whatever. They roll around, they do some fun stuff, they do their spots that everybody likes. Great. Okay, cool. I'm not going to criticize them. I'm not going to rag on them. It's whatever. It's meaningless in the, in the grand scheme of things. When you're in the main event and you're the champion, I'm allowed to say, hey, this guy stinks. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to go with kids' gloves when this guy's the fucking champion and he's in the main event. Like, I'm, not, I'm allowed to say, hey, this old guy who's the champion in this main event is blowing up a minute and a half into this match. And is literally being held up by Marifuji, who's no spring chicken and not real great himself. So... Look, Muta's hat. Look, I thought, okay, I hated the Shiozaki match. I couldn't stand it. I think you didn't hate it quite as much as me, but you didn't exactly like it. Is that accurate? Yeah, yeah. You you absolutely despise it. I thought it was just. I despise. I thought it was embarrassment to the pro wrestling industry. I thought to have Go Shiozaki selling for this corpse. I fucking hated it. Um, The Kiyomiya match I liked. 
I don't like the like how it played out, but I I the match I thought Muto was better. Now Kiyomiya was flying all over the place for him, and at times it's it felt ridiculous. Uh, but I I thought by Muto standards it, it was fine. It worked. That match worked for sure. I I didn't hate that one. The Kitamiya match. I don't remember what I thought of the Kitamiya match. Uh, but this one I fucking. Muto was so egregiously awful here. I mean, he just he couldn't he he had no he okay breathe, and, Joe. He a minute in, he's gasping for air. He and the thing breathe. about it is, Marafuji isn't. <coughs> I need something to drink now too. Marafuji <laughs> isn't interested in working hard or bumping. No, so it's the perfect opponent. Like his perfect opponent is Muto because they just. He Marafuji doesn't want to do anything, and Muto can't do anything. So they just lay on each other and sweat on one another. <laughs> That's all they did. Was... They they literally laid around <laughs> until they built to the moonsault. They built to the moonsault spot. They laid around and built to the moonsault, and then the moonsault was two minutes before the finish, and then the final two minutes was, you know, Marafuji throwing a bunch of knee. A bunch of knees and yeah, essentially what they, the- what they did is is so Muto hit the moonsault and then I guess they were trying to sell that that like took so much out of him just to do that because Marafuji just popped up and did two minutes of knees and then pinned him. It was so awful. Marafuji sold the moonsault like it was death, which you're going to do because it's the finisher of a legend and he's your world champion, which is ridiculous on its face. But so he is selling this moonsault like death. But then he gets up first. <laughs> He just stops selling it and rolling around. And he just then he just gets up and goes into one of his kicking sequences. Yeah, just flash like, knees and flash kicks. Yeah, just seventeen when, hook kicks and seventeen knees, and then that's yeah. Yeah, when, and completely ignoring the fact that he was selling this move like he was dying ten seconds earlier. You know, and it's like this match fucking sucked. And then it uh, was so bad. Mudo did my favorite thing that he's done in this entire reign, which. Uh, Really love, and this is definitely a guy I want to give my world title to. Uh, Marafuji got the one, two, three. Mudo, one, two, three. Marafuji got up. Mudo rolled out. He's walking up and just walking to the back. <laughs> like, all right. You know, yeah. one, two, three. All right, cool. I'm done. <laughs> that was the end of that match. So he did it a few times. He did it against Kiyomiya. He's done it anytime that Mudo's taking a pinfall. He, he'll go down. One, two, three. Boom, he's right up in 10 seconds. Uh, he's out of the ring before the, before the winner can even stand up and get his hand raised. Mudo's already walking to the back. None the worse for the wear. So, yeah, I love it. Absolutely tremendous stuff. Well, he's going to get them paydays until he literally yep. cannot stand anymore. And people are going to And gonna if they're going to book him into these positions, that's not his fault. No, hell no. Get that bag, man. Yeah. You know, and it's like, God, this was just the perfect storm of shit. That's, that's I mean, it's like a one-star match. Oh, it's terrible. It's, it's dreadful. Yeah, it's dreadful. There's like nothing redeeming about it. Like, there's a little bit of juice after the moonsault. But again, it comes from this, it's so comical. Where Marafuji just, he goes from selling like he was hit with the, like, you know, with a fucking sledgehammer. So, all right, it's time for my hook kicks. <laughs> I, yeah, I thought, like, I honestly thought that my video skipped and that I did something. Because Marafuji gets the moonsault. And they're like, oh, my God, and the crowd goes nuts. I mean, the crowd goes nuts for the Mudo moonsault because it's the Mudo moonsault. They're always going to go nuts for that. It's a legendary move from a legend in wrestling. Like, that, that, it's a cool thing. He hasn't done it in a long time. So, it's, it, I get it. It's awesome. 
So Marifuji is holding his chest like, ah, you know, he's just writhing in pain. Yeah. And so I look down for a second. I look up and he's throwing hook kicks. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? So I look down. I actually hit the 15 seconds on my video to think, oh, man, I must have clearly like done something or my dog hit, you know, the, the, the thing or whatever. I look back. No, no, he, he's writhing in pain. The camera cuts to, uh, you know, Mudo, who's holding his, you know, sweaty body up in the ropes. And then they cut, and there's Marifuji just up and hit throwing hook kicks. And I'm like, okay, all right, well, that's cool. All right, let's 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 go home. And then yeah. two minutes of hook kicks, and then it was over. So. And this guy's under contract for another year and a half. Yeah, Mudo. What, do you get, what do you do with this fucking relic? <laughs> what do you do with him? You can't fucking move. You know? And again, the problem here is he's your main event world champion. Look, Sting worked third or fourth from the top on that pay-per-view. And looked good, but that's besides the point. Isn't a tag match third or fourth from the top? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'd, just, I'd be just as critical. I would be just as critical if Sting is in main events uh, against Kenny Omega and, and out there can't well, do shit. I'm gonna, yeah, I go would, ahead. I wouldn't be quite as critical. You know why? Because he proved he can still go. But I'd still be annoyed at it. That's, that's the other thing, too. Not, it's like Muto can't fucking move. Or breathe, <laughs> or run, or do anything. You know, it's like, Akiyama is still great. I don't care how old he is. And, it's, and, he, and he's fresh in DDT. That's right. the other thing, too. Like, he's still great, and it's a fresh story, and it's a fresh place, and he's never held this title. All the opponents are new. So, you know, this whole thing where it's, oh, you know. They just yeah, you don't have to add any qualifiers when you talk about yeah, so Akiyama. It's just, it's yeah. Just, He's yeah. having great matches against opponents he's never faced before, and it rules, and it's awesome. I'm giving you examples of old guys where we like it. It's not that Muto's old. It's that he's fucking yeah, terrible. Yeah, it's that he sucks. <laughs> it's that he's garbage. Yeah. I don't hate old wrestlers. I hate bad wrestlers. Okay, so at least the title reign's over. I, I don't know what you do with him now, though. <laughs> yeah, now I just, I don't know. Yeah. I... I... Figurehead commissioner or something. I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I wouldn't have signed him in the first place. I would have signed him for five months and, and have this be the end point and be like, all right, thank you, pal. You know, we sold out, whatever. But yeah, I guess they got him. So I don't know. Um, What about someone put out this theory in the No Dopes chat room? What if Kiyomiya literally retires Muto? Will you come around on it? Um, mm, A, I won't believe it. In a world where, okay, we're in a u- alternate universe. <laughs> Kiyo, and the plan all along was for Kiyomiya to retire Muto. He beats him so badly, learning from all these beatings he's taken. And then he gives that kind of beating to Muto, beats him by referee's decision, and Muto never wrestles again because of the beating that Kiyomiya gave him. Is that enough to overcome the two losses? It helps, but I, I don't, I don't know. I think that's like the only scenario I'd accept. Yeah, and it have to be, it have to be like he fucking sends this guy packing. You know what I mean? It's got to be a, a pretty... Muto's never agreeing to that. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, and you're probably right. What probably happened is they said, they probably had the idea. I, I will at least give Nosawa and a few of the other guys credit that maybe they had the idea that, hey, we're going to do this. And I bet Muto just said, nah. I'll lose to Marifuji, but that's it. And they've had to do this, you know? See, see, I differ. I think that they think this is all good. That Marifuji, the Noah guy, is the one to end it. I think that was... You know, but but do I think that Muto is more accept? You think it's easier for him to accept a loss to Marafuji than a twenty four year old kid? Yes. Yeah, 
Uh, especially if 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 that scenario that you know the the chairman laid out there if where yeah, if he gets retire. retired, he's gonna say no to that immediately. Yeah, especially he's not. I don't know if he's even given that to Noah. You know what I mean? Like, why? Why would? Why does Noah deserve to have that? I don't know. Excited to argue about it uh, more and more as, as people pretend. I, yeah, that I, good, I, so. I think uh, it might be over. The, the argument, the arguments might be over, and I think we've we've won that. You but. can't defend this match. Is anyone defending? Uh, oh, of, co- of course, of course, they are. You yeah, can't. Of no, course. stop it. Of course, it's Mudo, man. Gone. He could take a shit in the middle of the course. ring, and people could be fine with it. So. No one's defending this one, though. <laughs> Let me look on. They can't be. It's not fucking possible <laughs> to think this was anything but awful. Um, I don't. I don't oh know if it's on camera. Oh my god! It's a. Se- it's seven. I'm telling you. You t- believe me? I'm telling you. Are they you. watching? I don't know. I am stunned. I thought for sure I was going to click this and see like a four point something. Oh no, man, people fucking lie to themselves and think these are good. 7.41 for this pile <laughs> of fucking shit? This was the worst one yet. Hold on. Let me see what the other. Okay, Kitamiya. 7.28. Kiyomiya. Oh, of course. The one I like got a 5.72. <laughs> the one I liked gets a 5.72. The one where where shit actually happened in the match got a 5.72. That makes a lot of sense. And uh, Shiozaki, I know people love this one. Well, not really. 7.68. So no one – okay, none of them are by definition a notebook match because none of them are eight or higher. So we do have to be fair here. They're all finishing like – they're all like – Three and three quarter star matches by consensus, with the exception of Kiyomiya. So people aren't claiming that these are like great matches, but what they're claiming is that they're not horrendous. And right. we're saying that for the most part, we think they've been pretty horrendous. I that's the difference. That's the disconnect. But I, I am not. Look, I'm not surprised at the Shiozaki one. I'm I'm not surprised at the Kitamiya one. I am stunned that people think that the Marafuji match was anything other than an atrocious pile of shit, one of the worst matches of the year. I am stunned that anyone thinks otherwise. That stuns me. That moonsault's powerful. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> it's somebody, obviously. Yeah, it's, it's... I, you know, I couldn't care less if I ever saw another Muto moonsault in my life. You know why? I can go watch good Muto matches where he does moonsaults. Correct. There's a lot Are of we them. just not sentimental people or something? I, I like, think we're not sen- we're we're not sentimental to Keiji Muto as much, but I mean I, f- I think he's great. Like you know what I mean? I just I don't I don't feel the need. We 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 call it like it is, and we've always done that on this show. We're not going to lie to you. We're not going to pretend to like something just because it it, it fits a, a narrative or whatever. And I mean, it'd be would it be awesome if he went out there and was having great performances and and 2001 Muto performances? Yeah, it'd be fucking tremendous. He's not. I mean, it's okay to just admit. This guy's he, he he can't move, man. The match starts and he's blown up in two minutes. He can't move and he doesn't sell because he can't sell because he's already he's selling his like legit actual you know cardiovascular damage that's going on and 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 Mirafuji hasn't been good in five years and it's okay to just admit that that's fine. Like it doesn't. Um, well, what people do is when you say, when I when you and I say hey this match stunk and we hated it it invalidates everything that Keiji Muto's ever done. 
You know what I mean? That's how people take it, and and that's dumb. Don't, right. It's okay well, to Rich, think. I didn't, I didn't. I didn't like Ken Griffey Jr. running around holding his hamstring. <laughs> right, right. It doesn't mean that you're invalidating Seattle Mariners Ken Griffey Jr. one of the best players you know of his generation. Right. But... You know what I mean? Like, um, I'm trying to think of other examples, but like, I don't want to. I don't want to watch that. You know. Um, it's yeah. Uh, it, 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 people get weird about this, and 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 you criticizing 2021 Mudo means that you you know you're invalidating his entire career. You think that's it. what it is? I don't. Yeah, I don't. people. I I think people are that way. I think they are. And if they liked him, it, you have to always like him, and you can't just say like you just can't be honest. You know what I mean? And I, I think a lot of it is just it's performative too. So whatever. I, I mean, I mean, I hate going down that road because then you're saying. You're telling people that they don't really like something when they're telling you they like it. And I don't I, – that's a dangerous road to go down. Um, I, I, I'm more interested in trying to pin down what you could possibly like about that match other than nostalgia. Because if two able-bodied 30-year-old wrestlers had that exact match, I don't think anyone would think it was good. Right, I mean, is that right? Right, no, no, for there? sure. But I think, yeah, like you're saying, there's the context of it's it's these guys and they're important and Mudo's. No, one I of my get favorites. that. Pro yeah, wrestling, yeah. all that stuff matters. I, but, but, so this is why I'm saying the nostalgia has to be the difference, right? Because if Willow Spray and Shingo had this match, people would be ragging on it for months at how poorly executed it is, and one guy's blown up the whole time, and there's no action. But the context of the people involved in pro wrestling does matter. But what I'm saying is the context here of it being Muto, it's, it, the nostalgia has to be what puts it over the top for people. Because what else is there? Because I'm, I watch this match and I think about this match that I just watched before we – it's fresh in my mind. It was awful. It was really awful. And I feel like I've been at least fair about the Muto matches because I did like the Kiyomiya match to an extent. I didn't think that was awful. I don't know. I, yeah, I I've, I've been. I've honestly been more critical of the booking than than some of them. I mean, I haven't loved the matches, but the Shiozaki one, I was just critical of the booking. But the match, I thought was okay. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, you didn't hate that. I hated it. No. Yeah. Yeah. You you thought it was an affront to pro wrestling, and I, I, I did. Didn't, I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was so bad that it was it was kayfabe breaking fucking bullshit because I couldn't buy it. It was it was nonsense to me. It was like watching. It was like barely any different than if like Alexa Bliss like beat up Brock Lesnar. I'm trying to give make an extreme example, but like, I would never be able to buy that. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, I could not buy Muto could beat up Shiozaki, or even beat him in a flukish way because I don't buy that he can last a half hour with him. It, it's that's why I struggled with that man. I don't know. This is just it's over. The nightmare is over. Maybe we can get reinvested in Noah with hot young star Naomi Chimera <laughs> right, yeah. at the helm now. Maybe he'll try to be good. Yes, it's been since 2016, but hey, you know what? And we don't have to look at Keiji Muto's stupid curly white chest hairs anymore, <laughs> thankfully. 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Uh, so that was uh, what we saw of the Cyber Fight Festival. As you said, Joe, probably going to do that tag match for the, the Last of Us 5 uh, reviews. So you'll, you'll get Joe's thoughts on that pretty soon uh, in written form for the $10 tier, patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling. So we got about a half hour here, which I think is perfectly fine uh, for these next two shows. Because uh, NXT TakeOver in your house, I think it'll be a quick little preview. <laughs> we'll do that at the end of the show. But Joe, we got to talk about this. We, we've From the beginning of this show's days, we have always said we will cover the National Wrestling Alliance. And thus, the National Wrestling Alliance had a pay-per-view this last week. And when our shadows fall, and Joe, we watched it. What did you think of NWA when our shadows fall? You know what? Fuck it. Let's get right to the main event. NWA World's Heavyweight title no, match. What did you think of the show? I want to know what you thought of okay. the show. Um, I thought it was pretty terrible. I will tell you that this was better, way better, than any episode of Power this, <sighs> this season. Because I knew you were going to say that. But this, yeah, this pay per view was like exponentially better than than Power has Oof, been. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, that's now. While I say that, like, I didn't hate this show. Like, it was an easy watch. Like, I got through it very easily. Um, there was just a lot of stuff that I didn't like on it. So it was, uh, it was, it was, it was strange. But okay, so yeah, I thought it was pretty terrible. Uh, with some th- stuff that I did enjoy. Uh, and you uh, have, have said that it is better than WA Power. So let, let's at least, let's start out here with this main event. Nick Aldis defeats Trevor Murdoch by disqualification, NWA World's Heavyweight title match. Um, so the build, as you said, Trevor Murdoch is just on this incredible build. He's cutting great promos. Nick Aldis and Strictly, he's, he runs Strictly Business, the, the main stable here, basically dollar store, four horsemen. Um, set for this big title match. They have, I don't know, a 10-minute match. Nothing's really happening whatsoever. Uh, Nick Aldis keeps trying to put Trevor Murdoch away, but he, he just won't go away. He just can't be put down. Trevor Murdoch just cannot be put down. So Nick Aldis, the dastardly heel, grabs a chair and smacks the referee in the back of the, you know, the back. Referee goes tumbling out of the ring. Nick Aldis then starts beating on Nick Ald- and on Trevor Murdoch, beating on Trevor Murdoch, beating on him, beating on him, beating on him. Finally, the tables turn. Trevor Murdoch gets the chair. He hits Nick Aldis. He throws it down. He goes for his submission, and the referee calls for the bell. The announcer says, your new NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, Trevor Murdoch. The crowd goes nuts. 
And the referee goes, no, 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 no. Murdoch hit me in the back. Disqualified. So bad. How terrible. You can't. Okay. This is a great finish in Trevor Murdoch's hometown of what was something. I forget where he's from. Who cares? Who cares? Waxahockey, fucking Texas. Something. Yeah. So when you, when you go to Rexahockey, Texas or whatever the fucking town that's near it, you know, the big town that's near it in the NWA and it's 1983 and you want to run this story with Ric Flair where the local babyface gets really, really close. Ric Flair, the dirtiest player in the game cheats. The referees confused and he awards it to Ric Flair and you're left going, God damn that Ric Flair. He did it again in 1983 in a on a house show. That's okay. The old dusty finish. <laughs> yeah, the old, uh, the- in 2021, on the main event of a pay-per-view, when you've been stealing people's money for every single week for these shitty power shows, and you have the audacity to charge $20 for this pay-per-view, and you finish with a 1983 dusty finish, what are well, you doing? And it was it was done so bad too. Like there are good dusty finishes. It's not even a good one. That's my <laughs> right, yeah. right. Like there, you can do a good finish. dusty finish. This one was horrendous. What's the referee's logic? <laughs> I like, don't know. I think why, well, why I think, did the referee? What, my problem with it was why did the referee just assume that Trevor Murdoch hit him with the chair? So what I think they because, wanted to tell the story they wanted to tell, and I don't know if they did a good job of, of presenting this or showing it, is that the referee when he came to saw that Trevor Murdoch had the the chair. Yeah, but it, the no, timing it of it. Though. But that's what I mean. That's what the idea I think was supposed to be. But they didn't do that. Trevor Murdoch had him in the hold. The referee goes, "Oh," and then shakes himself off, slides in the ring, and it goes, "No, Trevor Murdoch's definitely the guy that hit me." It's like what? Yeah, Tre- Murdoch had him in a submission hold. Right, like that is what the story was supposed to be. I imagine, or is how I would book it if I'm booking a dusty finish. The idea was the ref was. Because Trevor Murdoch was in control of the match, he assumed that but Trevor Murdoch... it was Murdoch, like seven minutes. I mean, this referee was down for like seven guess. minutes. <laughs> and on top of that, that doesn't make sense anyway. That's why it was a bit... It wasn't just that they did a like a dusty finish, a dusty a, a style finish. It was just a bad finish that didn't make sense. That's part of the problem too. Like I've seen people saying, oh, this was a TV finish to set up a bigger match. You're not wrong. But it would have been a bad television finish, too, because it was just a bad finish. It was an atrocious finish. It was one of the worst finishes you'll ever see to a pay-per-view main event. This was dying days WCW-level finish. It was just awful. And it's not like they were out there having a fucking five-star match to begin with. You know, they're out there having a two-star match, and then it has a fucking dud finish. And people paid $30 for it. Not good. You can't defend it. No. Yeah, it's a company that, that desperately needed to go out there and have, a, I, I think, a pretty decent pay-per-view for the people that are paying money, that are watching power and are doing this. Like, I, I can't imagine a lot of people are really excited about this match or how, the, how it finished. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe those the weird NWA fans that you talk about all the time, maybe they enjoyed this. But uh, I can't. I mean, it wasn't a well-executed dusty finish at all. At, at its core, not only is doing a dusty finish in the main event kind of shitty, kind of sucks. But doing it a bad one that followed a bad match, it just felt deflating as all hell. I mean, Nick Aldis can't beat Trevor Murdoch, right? Like, just beat him. It, or at least have Murdoch stand in there with a chair in his hand when the ref comes to. I mean, just bad all around. Yeah. Indefensibly bad. Just awful. You so know? There you and, go. Uh, yeah, just terrible. Probably one of the worst matches on the show, too. 
which you don't want your main event to be one of the worst matches. No, the no, you do not. No, you do not. That's, and, that's uh, also something you, you did that is not desirable. Uh, production side, uh, real quick, I'll talk about the production side, and then we'll go over the rest of the show. I thought it still looks good. NWA still looks really good. I love the look. I like I like the colors. Yeah. Uh, I love when guys cut promos before they get into the ring. That stuff all works. Um, Joe Galley is good. Yeah. Tim Storm is awesome, dude. I love Tim Storm on commentary. It was a bad sign, though, that in the very first minute of the pay-per-view, his his voice was dying. Yes, that was not good, yeah. Not good. But, uh, oh, excuse me, I'm having trouble with my voice. Yeah. You're, you're, we're running down the card. <laughs> right? Bestia666 is coming down to the ring for the opener. Yeah. Like, what's going on? Like, the genocide Sky Blue pre-show match must have really blown him out or something. But, uh, yeah, that, that wasn't great. But, yeah, Tim Storm, is, oh, I love the voice. He's very, like... It's teacher voice. You know what I mean? He's got a very authoritative, like, you, you, you listen to the guy. When he talks, you listen. Um, old Velvel Holler, though. Uh, <laughs> Joe? Yeah, worse than the business. She is, yeah. she is an easy, I mean, I'm always going to pick a WWE guy. I'm always going to pick a Jerry the King Lawler or those sort of guys for, like, worst announcer. Um, Velvel Holler might be pretty quick, though. Uh, pretty, pretty high up on my list. She's horrendous. I she's, forget uh, she's there. And when she does talk, she talks. Well, that's certainly never the end for the end. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> she <whispers>. <laughs> right. She's like, she's so unconfident for such a woman that like, I mean, I, I, I don't think confidence is an issue for Velvet Sky. Like, I don't know. She always seemed like a pretty confident woman, but like, I don't know. It's like, you know, she's just like, wow, that's gonna, that's gonna hurt tomorrow. <laughs> it's like, okay. Thanks. She not only whispers. When you when you can actually hear what she's saying, it's never anything of any consequence. No, she said it's, it's never the end with the end. Six times during the end match. That's all right. she had. And it's like, ow. She's gonna feel that one in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like just you, the most generic. Like it's dribble. a sound bite. You can yeah. just tell Velvet, hey, come into the booth, record yeah. seventeen things, and then we'll just play them intermittently. You don't even have to show up anymore. She does video game comments. Right. Like Joe Galley could just hit a button where you go. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like, yeah, that's, that's all gonna we need. Right. That's going to leave a bruise. Yeah, it's just horrendous. It's so yeah, bad. she's horrible. She's the worst. She's the worst in the business. Yeah, this yeah. that wasn't good, but at least produ- otherwise production side w- w- was pretty damn good. So, all right, quickly, let's go over the rest of this card. Uh, you, did you see all of it, unfortunately? Whole card. Okay, so we had the uh, opener, uh, Lucha Rules match here. We had Bestia 66 and Mecha Wolf. Uh, they defeat Marche Rocket and Slice Boogie. Rudo, who's Sam Adonis, uh, Sal Renaro. Uh, in the end, Otisin and Pero, who we both uh, enjoy here. Uh, this was uh, there was a lot of stuff happening during this. I thought this was pretty good action, but you know nothing to really sink your teeth into too much. Yeah, that was the best match in the show. That's uh, uh yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tied. I think I, I have another match. I, I have another one. Ah, right, we'll get to it when we get to it. But yeah, I thought this was the best match in the show. Um, it wasn't great or anything. It's like a three star match. Yeah, but guy, good work, good work from everybody. I thought that everybody put yeah. some effort in. So. I like that uh, Beastia six 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 and Mecha Wolf won. Um, they did a terrible finish on the TV this week, though. They wrestled the end, and um, was it the end or was it um, War Kings? Joe, believe remember. it or not, I did not catch NWA Power uh, this week, so <laughs> I, I cannot answer that for you. You'll so. never believe this finish, though. They're having like the. <laughs> They're having like the best match on power since the reboot, right? It's this kick-ass tag match. There's guys flying all over the ring. All of a sudden, the referee just looks around and waves it off and has and rings the bell. 
And the ref waved it off and called it a no contest because people weren't tagging in and out. And all I could think about was Jim Ross should be calling this show. He'd fucking love it. The referee waved off this the, the best match we've seen on power in ages because he couldn't control the action. Yeah. These oh, out of control. Jim Ross special. Yeah. Yeah. So. They were, they were both kicking too much ass. They, it was too exciting for the crowd. They had to shut it down. So. I could do with never seeing Sal Renaro or Danny Deals ever again. I could I could do without them. Very cringe. But um, no, I thought it was you know clear and low bars the best match on the show. There you go. Uh, speaking of somebody I could never see ever again, and and speaking of not putting effort in, uh, Tyrus uh, defeats the Pope in a non-title match here. Tyrus so, is so you you just you told me how bad Tyrus was and yes, I did. didn't quite believe it. Or didn't oh grasp how bad. Oh yeah. my god, this is a dude. You you call Alex Marvez stealing money? Yeah. Whatever they're paying Tyrus, he is stealing. If they're paying him five dollars, he's not worth that. The thing about Tyrus too is this was a new batch of tapings, which means he had months and months and months to get into ring shape. He did. He was. Totally Joe, not. He did not. <laughs> yeah. Which to me as a promoter, that'd be it for that'd be it for him. Yeah. Because, okay, you show up at the first taping, you haven't wrestled in ages. I'll cut you a break. Right? But then you watch yourself back on TV. You know you're not in ring shape. You know you're blowing up in three minute matches. And you show up at the next set of tapings in the same lousy condition. That's insulting to me. As an employer, you'd never work for me again because you don't care. Instead, they're going to push him. He's, he's even worse than I described him to you in your eyes. And I, are, I think Tyrus is the worst major league level pro wrestler in the business right now. I can't think of someone who's worse. No, and I think what, what what really struck me on this show too, in particular, his in ring is horrendous. His his ring shape is awful. He clearly does not care at all Doesn't at any care. level because he Doesn't comes out and he cuts the fuck. worst promo ever. He goes, "Hey, Pope, yeah, you know your charity. Yeah, I'm wearing the shirt of your charity. Yeah." And he walks out. I'm like, "Oh my god! Oh, I'm excited now about this match." <laughs> like that. And like, then the announcers have to explain it. Right, because as a viewer, I'm like, "What the fuck is he talking about?" I thought it was a babyface promo because he was talking about some charity. Yes, I'm I like, did too. I'm like, "What the fuck?" He's like, "Hey, Pope, your charity. I'm wearing its shirt," and I'm like, "Oh, all right, that's cool." And, 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 and you know, Joe Galli or whatever is like, "Oh, that's despicable. He has nothing to do with that charity." And I'm like, "Oh, okay. yeah." Like, oh, I like okay. the announcers had to save it because he didn't. Yeah, because he fucking sucks. Yeah, and Austin Idol is. I mean, Jesus, what are we doing? Like, come on. I mean, Austin Idol at least tries. Yeah. I mean, I wish they'd put him with someone else. Tyrus. Awful. He is horrendous. Awful. And it's, it's, it, it would be insulting to me if I were Billy Corgan that he shows up at a second taping in the condition that he is still in. I mean, he's really, really bad. Really bad. Uh, Kylie Ray, fresh off a retirement, and Taryn Terrell team up against Melina and Thunder Rosa. This uh, was not great. Uh, it was okay. Uh, definitely one of the worst Thunder Rosa matches I've seen in a while. She definitely didn't seem like she her heart was in, really into this all that much. I think she tried okay, but they did a, a spot where uh, her and uh, what was it, her and Taryn Terrell, I think, you know, were beating each other up and went to the back and then left, you know, the last two minutes or so for Kylie Ray and Melina to to have their match and it was not that great either so there you go 
Kylie Ray was the mystery partner, and the idea was she turned heel at the end of the match. So she held the tights. She held Molina's. She held Molina's tights, and then um, kind of did some heel mannerisms and and the idea she's going to be a heel. So, um, look, we talked about earlier. I think you're really playing with fire if you're counting on Kylie Ray for any length of time. That's number one. Then number two, you're going to use her as a heel. Seems like she's miscast. I don't know. Um, yeah, this was just basically a mess. There's, I don't know what else to say. I mean, you know, Taryn Terrell and Molina are really bad. Um, yeah, I don't know. There you go. That's that's good. Yeah, Terrence Terrell was not very good when she was an active wrestler, and now she's she's pretty much an active wrestler. Uh, and, yeah, and she's here now. And there you go. All right, JTG versus Fred Rosser. I enjoyed this show because it was just two wrestlers with a little bit of effort that went out there and wrestled for ten minutes. So. Probably my second favorite match on this entire show because, god damn it, they just went out there and they wrestled. And uh, I was ready for that at this point in this this show. So, yeah. These are former WWE main event, not main eventers, but main event wrestlers. And they went out there and had a main event match. Yeah. And it qualified as one of the better things in the show. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yes, it did. Yeah. It and one, one of the more definitive wins of the entire show as well. That's the good sign because if JTG won... You would think that they're that he got a nice little push at the taping. I didn't read the spoilers. Yeah, yeah, I haven't either. So, um, <laughs> I like to be surprised when I watch my power. <laughs> you got to stay on the edge of your seat for power. Yeah, yeah. but you would that would stand the reason that he'll get a push, and I think he should get a push. So I was happy with the result, and they like hugged it out at the end. Yeah, like, yeah, no- yeah. It was cool. It was good stuff. Yeah, it was just two guys went in there tried to prove who was better than the other guy. JTG was better on this night. Hugged it out. Good. So. NWA World Tag Team Title Three-Way Match: Aaron Stevens and Kratos defeat Chris Adonis, Tom Lattimore, and defeat the War Kings, Crimson and Jack Stane to retain their titles. Uh, this was what fuck finish number four, I think, on the show already. Um, yeah, this was pretty terrible <laughs> as well because most of the I people, like most of the people in this match were not good. So Kratos and Jack Stane had a fun little thing for a minute. Uh, Tom Lattimore and Chris Adonis are, are, I think, pretty terrible. Crimson, I got no need for. And Aaron Stevens, I have no need for. So, yeah, other than that, it was great. <laughs> Didn't like it. It had weird rules, too. Like, three guys in the ring at, 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 at a given time. Yeah, I didn't know. I Like, when I said World Tag Team Title three-way, I guess it didn't strike me that it would be the way it was. I guess I should have assumed that. But, yeah, essentially one guy from each team was in the ring at all times. Which then gives you that awkward three-way thing. Instead right. of, yeah. Wasn't good. All right, to move back to the NWA World's women's title match here. Uh, Camille gets the big win, as we predicted last week. Uh, defeats Serena Deeb. 14 minutes and 18 seconds to win the NWA World Women's title. Uh, there were parts of this match that I enjoyed, but I thought Serena Deeb did all she could to get something out of Camille. I think there is there is potential in Camille, but I I mean, without Serena Deeb, and presumably without Thunder Rosa, like, let's assume that both of them are not in every single Camille match. Uh, this is, I don't know. Camille, I, I think she's got potential. I like a lot about her look, and I like a lot about some of the stuff she does, but I don't know if she's got the connective tissue to go out there and have a great match. Serena tried her ass off here, but it was, it, it was, it was fine. But I'm very scared to see what Camille does in singles matches against whoever she's going to. Kylie Ray, you, you know what I mean? Or Terrence Terrell. Well, like. I mean, the Thunder Rosa draw was a lot better than this. Borderline notebook. And this was okay. 
and she, you know, I think she had a good match against uh, Genocide. But, so it's like, I, I get it. She's definitely green. There's no question about that. But, I mean, she keeps going out there and having decent matches. So, I get what you're saying. Like, I think if she's in there with um, Kylie Ray or somebody like that, it's going to be okay because Kylie Ray is really good. The problem is going to be if they dare put her in there with Melina or Taryn Terrell or um, like Alex Gracia, who is really, really bad. Someone like that. She's not capable of leading a match. But when she's been in there with Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb, and the genocide match was really good. Yeah, but she's not going to, as a champion, they're going to have to be careful who they put her in there with because it will expose her. Yeah, I, but, I think there's ways that you can make it work, and I think she's got a, a very projectable look. Um, yes. As you said, the voice is it's not great. You hopefully she don't. should still have never cut a promo. Yeah, yeah. Her cutting the promo promos has exposed her way more than her work has. She Because she can go in there and have acceptable and even really good matches. The problem is, now we know why Lagana was keeping her quiet, and she said she's... She should still be a quiet killer to this day. Her aura was really hurt by her promos because she's a terrible promo and her voice doesn't match her menacing appearance. No. Uh, and then, oh, that's it. Then we, yeah, we talked about the main event. So that was the end of it when our shadows fall. Oh, and we also had a uh, really, really terrible uh, Smashing Pumpkins video Thing song at the beginning of the song when our shadows fall. So, with the clowns, yep. scary clowns, they were scary clowns. So they're going to St. Louis, August twenty eighth and 29th They're doing an all women's pay per view, produced by Mickey James, on the twenty eighth, and then the 29th is a full roster pay per view, the seventy third anniversary show, and then they're going to do two days of tapings. So they've got a big four-day weekend set up in St. Louis at the end of August, which is one week before All Out in Chicago. So, you know, the, the all-women's pay-per-view is an interesting thing. We'll see how that comes off. But they're going to they're gonna ask people to pay for two pay-per-views in one weekend. Coming off of this thing, it's a big ask. So we'll see what kind of build we get on power for these things. But um, the all-women's pay-per-view may be enough of a gimmick to where they can get people to buy it. Um, you have Thunder Rosa on it, presumably. We'll see who else. I don't know if Deeb will be back now that she lost the title. But um, that's a lot to ask. You're going to ask people to spend, what, what are they, 20 or 30 $20? I think they were 20 Yeah, I thought this one, our Shadows Fall, was 20 So 40 bucks. You know, ask people to buy two of them. Maybe they'll do some kind of package deal, two for 30 or something. But um, I don't know. It's hard to be optimistic. Definitely is. Definitely is, yeah. So that's, that's his, uh, that is NWA. Well, at least we're going to end the show. On an exciting front, as we talk about NXT TakeOver in your house this weekend, Joe, get into it. How, uh, how pumped are you for NXT TakeOver in your house? I mean, it's real gimmicky. Fucking stinks. <laughs> this, um, this show, this card, what is what are they doing? I haven't watched NXT in a few weeks because tonally I just cannot watch that show anymore. Uh, I'll watch this because it's a TakeOver. 
I, I can't do the Capital Wrestling. I can't do Beth Phoenix screaming at me. I can't do Vic Joseph screaming at me. I can't do 10,000-year-old Chinese women. I can't do another ladder match. Why do we have another ladder match? What are we doing in this? I just, I, I am, I'm at a loss. This is a, this card is so weird. If I gave you this card a year ago, you'd look at me and be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. It's just what are they doing? I don't understand what this company is. I don't understand who this company appeals to anymore. I watch it every week and sometimes I have to take a break. It's sensory overload. Just the 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 overproduced and the the piped in noise and the announcers. Oh, and, and that's worse than anything. You. Honestly, in a vacuum, NXT week to week is, is not that bad. I just can't stand yeah. the sound of the noise or the the, the anything about it. It's the way just it looks. It's yeah. overproduced. It's uh, there's just lights everywhere and everyone's screaming at me the entire time. It's 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 totally just terrible. Someone was in our Twitter mentions and they were like, "I would love NXT and and I would think it's the best show, but it needs to be bigger and bolder like Raw and SmackDown." What? Like, what are you watching? <laughs> oh my god, no! How much bigger and bolder do you need it to be? Like it's in your face already. It is the like, brightest, loudest show you will watch on TV. Yeah. It sounds like it's taking place in an airplane. It's just yeah. Vic Joseph screaming, Beth Phoenix screaming, everybody yelling. There's sec- 6,000 things happen on every show. They're boom, 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 backstage, back to the front, backstage, boom, 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 boom. boom. I mean, it is it's a manic show. How could you need it bigger and bolder? Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It was one of those replies to your tweet asking why people watch WWE. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's just a lot. It's a, it's a, it's a real thick and heavy two hours of wrestling. It's like I, I mean, I'm not being facetious. Sometimes I gotta take a break. Yeah, I'm like I'll watch the rest of this later. It's exhausting. It's, it's an exhausting show to watch. It's an exhausting show. It's like trying to get through a PWG show. Yeah, it exhausts your reasons. senses. It, it really exhausts your senses, yeah. and you need to kind of yeah. So that's why I really have not watched week to week as much. I mean, I've, obviously I watched this because it's a takeover, and for the most part, takeovers are okay. But uh, this. Oof. Eek. I don't know about this show, so let's. Uh, I'll, I'll preview. I'll kind of lead you through this. You've you've you're more familiar with the build, so you can kind of chime in on these uh, real quickly. Although I can't imagine you have a ton to say about every one of these, but we'll see. Uh, winner take all six man tag for the NXT North American and NXT Tag Team Championships. You got all that? No. Okay. So Bronson Reed is the NXT North American champion. Well, he was teaming with MSK, who are the NXT Tag Team Champions. Yes. So they're gonna face. Santos Escobar, Joaquin Wilde, and Raul Mendoza. So right. presumably, when they, if, if those guys win, Santos Escobar would win the North American title, and Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza would win the tag team titles. Uh, that's not convoluted at all. No, no. Yeah. Or they'll fight. Maybe Joaquin Wilde would be like, fuck no, I want the North American title. Like, I don't right. want a team with Raul Mendoza. Fuck this guy. Like, so yeah. maybe, maybe that's a way, a way to build tension. But uh, there you go. So winner take all, six-man tag for the North American and NXT. Why? I mean, come on. Just have fucking matches. What are we doing? Like, all right. I can... I can, I think I could like review this show right now. I know how every one of these matches is going to go. Like the main event, the five way for the title, we're going to come on here and we're going to say they all worked hard. And I guess it was good, but I didn't enjoy it. That's what we're going to say. You know what I mean? The ladder match. We're going to say, oh, another ladder match. They did some risky stuff. I just, I've seen so many of these, I just couldn't enjoy it. This match here, this winner take all, <laughs> it's going to be a hot six man. Yeah, everybody it's rules. Open the show. All six guys are awesome wrestlers, and I love all of them. It'll probably be the best match on the show. 
you know, it's going to open. Like, I know how every one of the, I know what I'm going to say about every one of these matches before they even happen. Because I see them in my mind. NXT Women's Championship match, Raquel Gonzalez versus Ember Moon. I mean, this, hopefully they don't overthink this and Raquel just beats the hell out of her, right? I mean, the thing with Moon is every now and then she has a bad night. And Raquel Gonzalez, not exactly been Ami Toyota in the experience department. <laughs> so this could be good. It could fall apart. It's NXT, though. I feel like they'll hold it together. Yeah, I, look, it's very rare that an NXT match does fall apart. They got that fucking warehouse where they can practice this thing 19 yeah, times. Yeah, they, yeah, they usually don't. Yeah, they don't get on that level where they, where they completely, yeah. you know, other than so, an injury happening or something like that. There, there's, it stands that they'll probably be fine. Yeah, they're probably doing this match every day. This right, week. and there's enough smart people in that room there that are, that are going through the beats yeah. every, of every single point in this match. So, Right. Uh, you're going to have to explain this one to me. Mercedes Martinez versus Zia Lee. So Zia Lee, uh, I assume, will be accompanied by the 10,000-year-old uh, Chinese woman as well. That's true. You're not making that up. Okay, so Mercedes Martinez, is she evil? Is she being sucked into the evil? What, what, what's going on here? Uh... <laughs> I she was on the main roster. What happened? <laughs> We're done with that? The 10,000-year-old Chinese lady is going to... She's got that hot breath. Yeah, you know the breath comes out of them. Yeah, it, yeah, it's killed multiple people, and it seems to not really concern anybody. They continue to invite yeah. her to the Capitol Wrestling Center when I, I, she she killed uh, Kira Hogan, right? Or not Kira? Uh, that um, who'd she kill? Uh, Jaden uh, Carter. Jaden Carter, right? Jaden Carter. Yeah, yeah, or Caden Carter. That's right. Yeah, yeah, she's dead. She's dead. Like she hasn't been seen since then. She literally died, and they just the hot kept... breath killed her. And yeah. then they just went to the next patch. <laughs> they just went to commercial. Then went to the... Yeah. This is NXT these days. Yeah, I don't know what this company is anymore. I don't understand this. What happened? What happened? What are we doing? I don't know. Remember when it was just like, here's five matches. Every one of these people are just fighting to win a title or to prove that they're better than the other person. Right. And then they'd go out there for two hours in front of a fucking molten hot crowd, have three or four good matches, a great main event, and that was it. And takeovers were great. Safest bet in wrestling, right? <laughs> I don't know if it is anymore, but uh, yeah. anyway, we'll have to see if the 10,000-year-old woman uh, can, can kill Mercedes Martinez with her hot breath uh, as yeah. well. Uh, the 27th ladder match this year from NXT, uh, that is, I think it's honestly eight <laughs> for the last calendar year. Uh, it's at least eight or 11, somewhere in that range. But we have a ladder match. <laughs> I can't believe I'm reading this. This is the one that if I told you this a year ago, you would look at me and just say, Rich, what are you talking about? You'd think I'm, I'm filling out a Mad Libs when I say... Cameron Grimes versus L.A. Knight, the former Eli Drake, and a ladder match for Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase's vacant Million Dollar Championship. Yes. It's, uh, <laughs> it's Trevor Lee yeah, versus Trevor Eli Lee Drake. versus L.E. Lie Drake. Yeah. <laughs> In a ladder match for the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase's Million Dollar Championship on NXT. Dummy, yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah, that's right. E that's what the match is. L-A I love that they changed nothing about him. Eli, nothing. what do you do well? Well, I say Eli Drake. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. So what's your new name going to be? L-A Knight. All right, yeah, that's good. We're good. You guys want to change anything else? No, we're good. That's good. Nope, just do that. <laughs> you do what you're doing, pal. <laughs> just remember to say L-A Knight instead of Eli Drake, and we're good. <laughs> 
Yep. And they push him. Why would you push LA? Like, you have hundreds of people under contract. You have every good, most of the good indie wrestlers over the last few years, and you push Eli Drake. LA Knight. As, uh, sorry. LA Knight as one of your top guys. It's just fucking ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah, Mad Libs match here. Trevor Lee versus Eli Drake. Ladder match for the vacant million dollar man's third <sighs> championship. What <laughs> the fuck? I don't know, man. And then this match. I mean, come on. I mean, this is just, they're just trying to piss me off at this point. Yeah. NXT championship, fatal five way, Joe. Karrion Cross, <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, old John Gargano's at it again, and Pete Dunn. I mean, how many title matches does Johnny Gargano get? <laughs> right like come on it man. never stops <laughs> like come on you never don't get stops. it anymore you're done but he's the leader of the way right hey you think indy and uh and and uh whatever the fuck sam dexter loomis you think they're gonna fuck i hope so I mean, she was unconscious and he took her away right <laughs> right so presumably they already have that's so. a great storyline to run oh on absolutely on the one year anniversary of speaking out yeah, let's yeah, have yeah. a woman go unconscious and uh, and a, and a character who's supposed to be a serial killer carry yeah, her away. A creep, a creep serial killer can carry her to the back, yeah. presumably to to fuck her unconscious. To bone her because yeah. they've been flirting and wanting to bone. Yeah, <laughs> but he waits till she's unconscious. Yeah, tremendous, tremendous stuff. So book. yeah, a fatal five way, Joe. Who is coming away from this fatal five way as your new NXT champion? I mean, it's. You know, <laughs> Fallen Prey guys definitely win it, isn't gotta, he? It's got to be Karrion Cross. I mean, <laughs> Fallen Prey. Um, yeah. Fucking sucks. How do you have a match that has Kyle O'Reilly, Johnny Gargano, and Pete Dunne, and that's my review or my preview of it? Come on, what are we doing? Maybe Cross will twist an ankle in the opening couple of minutes, and we'll the get the audible. Get the audible. The yeah. Gotta do the old audible. Got to pull an old Peyton Manning in this one, and and switch gears because Cross pulls a. <laughs> A very good professional wrestler in the uh, ECW Super 8 and breaks his leg, and they got to do something else here. <laughs> Go to Pete Dunn, yeah. Go to um, Bruiserweight, yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, that's NXT TakeOver. Definitely fits the name In Your House because it definitely looks like a 1995 shitty WF In Your House uh, pay per view. So, congratulations Has to Paul them. Has Paul Prey Guy been in front of fans yet? Um, hmm. I. Mm, that's a great question. I don't know. Let me, let me, I gotta look that up. It's been so long that we've been in this COVID thing that I, um, this is the Capitol Wrestling Center, though, right? You know, Joe, he hasn't. He debuted April 29th, 2020. Yeah. Yep. He has never been in front of real fans. Yeah. Uh oh. Still, but this is Capitol Wrestling Center, right? Yeah. So the, yeah. The, they'll, they'll be a molten, this crowd, molten hot for Killer Cross, I'm sure. So. Yeah, it, it fucking it sounds like an air like you said, an airplane. Yeah. It's it sounds like someone is constantly using a dustbuster. Like the piped in sound. That's what it sounds like. Like how could this company not have good piped in sound? It sounds like my broken air conditioner when I came <laughs> It does when you try to start it. Sound like. yeah, it sounds like a broken yeah. air conditioner. And then it's just yeah, and then occasionally they'll hit the big pop button. They do it for Poppy all the time when Poppy shows up. And it's just fucking, it's just Stone Cold 1998 in that building. That Poppy's going to be on it again, right? I saw, yeah. I, I love, I will tell you, uh, it, it's, you know, if, if you have an anniversary coming up or, or you just want to just want to do something for, for, you know, the person that you love in your life, uh, love something as much as Triple H loves Poppy and NXT yeah. loves Poppy. I mean, just try to love your wife, 
love your husband, love your boyfriend, your girlfriend, whatever. You love them as much as NXT loves Poppy, and 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 everything will be okay, and you'll have a happy, good relationship because because that's love, man. That is love. Yeah, Poppy, <laughs> she's back. Oh, it's funny. Um, I went to the barber to get my beard trimmed. Oh, your beard barber? barber? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Said, hey, I heard Poppy's going to be on NXT this week, and <laughs> yeah. I was like. You're right. You Poppy's said, yeah, PeacockTV.com, Peacock my man. NXT TakeOver in your house Sunday night. Yeah, you that's exactly what I said. Poppy. <laughs> and right when my barber was trimming up my beard, and said, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be tuning in, sir, to watch uh, Poppy and L.A. Knight. Really a big fan of L.A. Knight. My beard barber loves L.A. Knight. And Poppy. Oh, we're so over time, but I, I, I will, I always so. There was a, there was an NWA Power uh, promo from a uh, Eli Drake that he did last year that that is stuck with yeah. me for whatever reason. So he he does his normal promo and he goes, you know, when you're at the gas station. Do you remember this promo? Yes, I do. Okay, yeah. I, but I, I I'll tell you the whole story. So he goes, yeah. you know, when you're at the gas station and it says, do you want a receipt? And it says yes or it says no. Do you know if that you don't hit a button, the next guy can come in and fill up gas on your dime? I don't remember what the context of the promo was. Yeah, yeah. Which is a not true. That's not how it actually works. It just eventually just goes away and and, and right. does it. But right. I don't know the context. But every time I fill up gas now, and that receipt thing comes up in my head, I go Eli Drake because <laughs> I'm just it's synonymous yeah. now yeah. with that, and it's so weird. And I tell myself, don't do it. I'm driving up to the gas station. I go, don't do it. Don't think of Eli Drake. And then it says, do you want a receipt? And I just see Eli Drake in the fucking NWA Power Studio. That is, uh, <laughs> I think that's a perfect place to end the that's show. That's where my life is at these days. So there we go. Eli Drake, NXT TakeOver uh, in your house. I think we'll have a review on the website. I honestly don't know. Nobody wanted to do it. So um, maybe we'll do it. I don't know. I'll find somebody or I'll do it or somebody will do it. But we'll talk about it on the show, I think. Right. You know, watch NXT TakeOver in your house. I guess. What else do <laughs> I have going go. on? Get into it. All right. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. So thank you to <laughs> Manscaped. Thank you to mybookie.ag for, uh, for sponsoring this week's show. Patreon.com slash voice wrestling. Help Joe uh, get that uh, air conditioner and dishwasher all paid for. Uh, written content, audio content up there at patreon.com slash voice wrestling. So for Joe Lanza, I'm Rich Great. Just talk to you next time on the Voice of Wrestling flagship podcast.